Welcome to Cognitive Rampage Podcast. Hope you're taking care of you. Hope you're living your Cognitive Rampage. You have to believe in the power of you. Uncomfortable is where the change is. have to be willing to question the impossible or you're planning for the inevitable. Welcome to Cognitive Rampage Podcast. Hope you're taking care of you. Hope you're living your Cognitive Rampage. My guest in studio today, Big Mike the Messenger Williams is a great friend of mine. He once held the title of being on the podcast more than anybody. I think this one puts him back on top. Is uh, being on the podcast the most. I think my good friend Tony Jack the Bear Mance uh, is right behind him, though. I uh, look for Tony to be on the podcast again here soon. I love chatting with Mike. Uh, Mike is in his community. Let me tell you what. He talks and speaks in schools all over the place, colleges to high schools. Uh, spent a whole couple years, really, with a group from Evans High School making sure they graduated. Uh, it's a school that faces some issues around there, but he stuck with him and got his entire group graduated uh, with honors. Um, he just does a lot for the community, referees, games, um, is a coach to a lot and, and, and mentor to a lot of young uh, kids around the community. Uh, he's just a, a disciplined individual. Let me tell you, that was a personal trainer for many, many years. Uh, now on his speaking gigs, now doing that. And we talk about in the beginning, Mike has been celibate for nine years, nine years. And we talk, well, what that's been able to do for him. We get into a documentary film. He's uh, been following a law called The Melanin Code, which walks us into talking about racism, culture, um, black culture, all kinds of issues around then. We talk about love, relationships, marriage, spirituality, education. It gets deep. We go all over the place for a while. I hope you enjoy this podcast with my friend, Big Mike the Messenger. And we are live. Welcome to Cognitive Rampage Podcast. Hope you're taking care of you. Hope you're living your Cognitive Rampage. I know you're living your Cognitive Rampage, brother. Yes, sir. I am. Good to see you again. Yes, sir. Adam Lari has been, what, two years? No. Yes. Well, two years. Two years. I, well, you held the title here of being on the podcast the most. I, I think you're still there. Okay. Really? How many times have you been? Two years? Yeah. I'm checking now. Check. <laughs> um, it's two years. It's been close to two years. Oh, my God. No. Because uh, I've been reffing for two years, and I haven't, I haven't, I don't think I've done the podcast since I started reffing. I'm checking the last time you did the podcast. Yeah, I'm checking. <laughs> I want to know when the last time you actually did it. And remember, you went on tour. Uh, you went on tour with the book. Yeah, shit. Um, and I haven't done anything since you went on tour with the book. Let's see what episode. Oh, that's not you. Nope. <laughs> I pulled up the one that I, uh, I was actually searching the, uh, instead of my videos, I was searching the internet and pulled yeah. up. That's a mugshot. That's not you. Nope. <laughs> You've never been arrested, right? No. No, my feet too fast. <laughs> I've been blessed. These these dogs, these feet, man, these feet get me places, man. Yeah, man. I've been yeah. making money off these feet for a while. 
Yeah, I can't even. I don't know. I'm trying. Oh, that's why I'm in the wrong place. I'm in the uh, creator studio. That's not where I would find it. Sure. I'm like, where do I search my own videos? I don't even know my own. There it is. All right. So let's see. When the last time you were on the podcast? It was. Two years. Dang, March 30th, 2016. Yeah. No, episode 71. Oh, yeah. no, no, there it is. Uh, August 16th, 2016. Right. We did the, uh, we were doing that little series, The State of Education. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah, what did we do? One episode of that? One. <laughs> yeah, I think we did one episode, The State of Education. That's right. So, yeah, that video did good, too. No kidding, man. Two years, bro. Two years, man. Too long, man. Life been flying by, man. It does that, doesn't it? Yeah. Is that a good thing? It is. It's amazing because you're not standing still. You're not uh you're not stagnant. Normally, uh pay attention, like when you're driving in the car, mm-hmm. um, it seems like forever if you're sitting still, if you're sitting in traffic. Yeah, that's true. But when you get into your destination, then time tends time tends to have a have a pinch on you. Yeah. It'll let you know that this is real and it's still moving. You look like you're DJing on the video right now because you got one ear up. Oh yeah. You got one you save, <laughs> saving something for the ear over there in case you can hear something. Well, you I don't know. You know, I just <laughs> Cause I want to be, cause you know, uh, it's not connected to mine, so I want to see how it sounds. Um, oh, well, so, yeah, it'll pick up. It okay. should pick up. Okay, you got a good phone. So I, I should probably should. just drop it. Yeah, uh, this like, <laughs> I'm uh, looking at you right. I here. like looking like a DJ though. Yeah, you do. You like <laughs> <laughs> that's what you got to do nowadays. The DJ man, I, I I used to DJ man, and I and back when DJs had to be DJs, you actually had to spin records and mix the records. Yeah. Then that Serato thing came out, and then you could just touch a button and it would sync it. I mean, I think a lot of some clubs and stuff are going back to that. Like you have to do vinyl. Yeah. But I think a DJ now consists of playing the song song selection, really, than just doing this for four hours or wearing some funky hat or helmet or something. Well, they feel it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, man. Um, so so uh, I know it's been a while. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've been working on a lot. Yeah, um, I've caught a couple of your videos, man. Yeah, man. Uh, the Melanin Code is something that's been big. Um. It's, it's, it's really so the first so my friend mark is small so he's the producer of it mm-hmm. so the first time i saw it you know it, it hit me on so many different areas and so many different levels what's so, it about Go, just, I, yeah cover so it. so just a quick so just a quick brief um uh story of the melanin code so the melanin code it's a code of ethics right but um the melanin code um he made he made the documentary because he wanted to put things into a into a uh, into a perspective of how um, melanin people need to get their act together, right? Mm-hmm. So there's there's like there's like nine areas to where we all you know to where uh, white supremacy has affected us um, in our daily life, whether it's politics, law, labor, economics, um, education, entertainment, um, war, and even sex. So um, it breaks it down, but instead of just you know how we get documentaries where they just constantly point out problems. Well, yeah, you can curb a documentary to kind of say what you want it to say, even if it's evidence not based, not evidence based, or I mean, it, you can shape it. You well, you, you can shape any research to really say what you want if you pay enough money. Yeah, right. So, so with this, so with his, he decided uh, to do a documentary um, for the code of ethics. Um, so it's a code of ethics for melanin people. So I, you know, how we should treat each other. Um, but everybody has melanin in their skin, right? Right. So it's yeah, not, I was going to say when I'm hearing melanin people, I'm like, that's everybody. Right. So so it's it's a, it's a human code of ethics for how we should treat each other. But he really but, you know, like if you go if you go to the melanin, if you go to melanin code on Facebook, yeah. you will see you'll see how he points out um, all the uh, 
all the unequal, all, like, you know, all the unequal issues that we have. Like if a white person does a crime, um, just because they have less melanin in their skin, they get a lesser sentence than somebody who has more melanin in their skin. Yeah. There's the trailer for it right there. That's cool. Yeah. So, I mean, so, so that's, so that's what it's really about. So it's really on a fight of humanity. No kidding. I um, wish I could, uh, I wish I could play it. Um, I don't, nobody else. I don't think about the hear. conversation. Yeah, if you say we're going to talk about racism, white Americans think you're getting ready to call them racist. Okay. Yeah. So, right. so, so I mean, so, so with that, you know, that documentary, it, it means a lot to me because you know how, how I'm big on education, right? Um, well, it kind of like, so to blacks, what it'll do is it'll show blacks in their face. Hey, listen, um, we have to put in work too. You know, don't just think because Obama made it in office that everything's supposed to be great. No, um, you just vote and you went and sat down on your couch. Mm. You didn't really put in any effort. Yeah. Now is now it's saying nobody's in our way. We're in our own way. We just refuse to work together. Uh, You're gonna get emails for this, you know. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just uh, saying. Yeah, so that, I mean, that's that's what I want, you know. See, uh, even myself, I want to point out before we keep going because even myself sitting here as a host of this, right? Mm-hmm. As you start to talk about, it, I start to go. All right, what can I say? What can I not say? Right. That's it's a shitty place that we've come to in social media or anywhere else that, you know, um, that any talk of race of any kind, uh, at least on my side, I even start and I say my side, I'm half Native American. Right. I mean, I even got a joke where I said I found out I'm 10 percent black, Um, but it's funny. I won't say it now. I can't throw my bit out there. Um, But, uh, you know, everyone kind of squeezes a little bit, you know, they kind of tighten their asshole just a little bit, right? They can't, like, what can I say? It's it's a sensitive culture where we're at. The the social culture is really sensitive right now. It is, um, but that's that's the problem. So, mm. but, but you know, uh, you can't change anything until you ruffle some feathers. Mm. So, uh, so what we decided to do, so what I decided to focus on, because when the melanin code starts out, like, man, look, it, you know, it, it, it goes, it goes through its, it goes through its, uh, the, its initial screen. And then, you know, um, the first words that touch on it is, is uh, white supremacy. And I'm like, like yeah, that's kind of tough to spit that to a college crowd just by having them see the video of white supremacy. Mm-hmm. So I decided to go ahead and uh, so I got a speech together while I was talking about how how um, we are all how we all evolved um, only based off of um, our skin tone, our eye color and so forth, based off of where we ended up after the after the uh, well, during during the um, during the ice age. Yeah, well, so, we all you know, kind of started walking. There's a lot of evidence yes. coming out now. We all came from Ethiopia in some sense. Some is per, some has pointed out some up north stuff too. Uh, but I mean, if you want to go back to Pangaea, right? All the mm-hmm. continents are connected. We begin to to adventure out. Some groups go this way. Some groups go this way. We start to spread out. Then we in, inbred with Neanderthal and other <laughs> other Homo sapien. That's not Homo sapien. We're Homo sapien. Right. Homo papus, right? So right. we all to kind of mix mix around a little bit because on those genetic tests, you can actually see. Uh, what percentage Neanderthal that that we are, right. and uh, a fact actually is whites grade higher. I say grade higher, come back with a higher percentage of Neanderthal than any minority or any blacks. If any black and and Latino are very low, if any on the Neanderthal uh, mix, right. and it's it's this white jughead. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it, it was an interesting thing for that to come out. Yes. So that's, but the, you know, at the end of the day, uh, we just, I just felt like it was a great opportunity to re-educate, um, not just, not just, uh, African-Americans, but also the world on where racism came from and how, um, and, and, and the, 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 uh, the construct of what diversity, how diversity was something that evolved from all, from all humans being in one location to where once the ice age, uh, uh, took grip of the planet, 
how we all separated and based off our geographical location, our bodies naturally adjusted to yeah. the environment. So race is really bullshit. Yes. It, it, well, it, it's not bull. Culture is added to it. Yes. But if I remove the actual skin tone, right, as, as mm -hmm. the, the one, uh, let's just say the dummy that's going, oh, different color person, different race. When yeah. it's just... It changed because you didn't need it. You know what I mean? You right. you go north into the Nordics and you start to go up there. I don't. There's no sun. <laughs> so so your body's gonna produce less melanin. Right. And then the further and then the, the further south or the closer to the equator you get, especially when you get into a, a lower altitude, your body's gonna need more melanin to protect yourself from the from the skin. Yeah. And now obviously, uh, the other features are going to change. So your nostrils is going to become thicker if you're in if you're in a hotter climate because uh, obviously it needs to absorb more oxygen. Versus when you're in colder climates, the air is so thin mm. um, that your nostrils can become more narrow and longer because it doesn't need to absorb as much oxygen. Now, and what about the eye color change? Why does that happen? Uh, uh, skin pigmentation also. So, uh, okay. so the, the amount of melanin, um, the amount of melanin in your eyes is also based off that. Uh, keep going. Yeah. So, so that's so that's how it works. But you know, at the end of the day, we're all people. So you know, we're all humans, and honestly, that's just a shell of who we are. Yeah, see, I was just looking up. The colored part of the eye is all, is called the iris, which has pigmentation that determines our eye color, just like you said. Yeah, so yeah, her uh, her eyes may be blue only temporarily. Baby's eyes can change color if the brown pigment melanin develops as they grow. Human eye color originates with three genes, two of which are well understood. Right. So, so it's it's, it's just it's getting people past the surface level of who we are. You know, right. it's, it seems when you hear this, you seem like. Well, fucking idiots, man. Yeah. <laughs> You're literally yeah. looking around when it's really the culture itself over groups of people that tribally commit to each other and pass on traditions right. of the way things used to be and how we do it. How we've always done around here, yeah. you know, and it develops into these cultures, right? What's the first word of culture anyway? Uh, cult. cult. <laughs> right. You know, but, it, but it's, it's short for cultivate. Mm. So it's, it's how we it's how we cultivate uh, things. So it's it's how we build upon. Um, and, and typically, um, if we want, if we want to change the culture of America and eliminate racism, we all have to get on board. Do you think we'd ever really get there? I think we will because, because honestly, uh, generation X and the millennials that everybody keep talking about, yeah. that's going to be the generation to make the change because we seeing yeah. them make the change now. For like, sure. For um, sure. even comedians, comedians, like, like if you go, if you go to, a, if you go to a crowd, that's a millennial. You can't not make jokes about somebody because of their race or their gender or their sex. Or you can't say shit. Right. You'll get booed off stage. Oh, my God. So, so, they're, yeah. so they're doing an amazing job on that. It's pretty harsh, though, because I think it's – I think Dave Chappelle said at the end of his uh, last stand-up that he did, where it's like it's up to comedians to keep this shit going, where we can talk about whatever, laugh about whatever, and not feel afraid to point out things. I think comedians play a role sometimes in that is – pointing out some cliche shit you know that makes it okay to laugh at you know and you're like and hey, maybe that helps numb it down over the over the years you know with the with the the leftist progressive movement right i mean i'm, I'm i don't associate with any side um you know they get they take a lot of shit right and but their argument kind of is is weird because it's like i'm all down for the open liberalism right of accept everybody right i mean even to say you don't see color is racist technically it is racist yeah it is because you it do is. see color right there's a lot of people <laughs> that point that out and then even there's a lady online i can't remember her name she's talking to kids in class and uh um one of the white kids talks well i don't i don't see color i don't care if you're black you yellow purple or green and then she goes you just automatically connected them to aliens or, or martians by saying that 
And so I'm like, shit, she's, she's right. <laughs> you know what I mean? You kind of right. connected that. But this argument of, you know, accept all, right? It doesn't, if you identify as a woman, it doesn't matter. And you're a guy, right? All this other loose leaf stuff that, mm. that's open. I think there's 75 pronouns now to use. Yeah, there's 75 different pronouns. Um, but the idea is, but if you don't think like we do, then you're fucking out. Right. <laughs> so it's like, wait a minute. You're accepting everybody, turning your, there's some good positives to what they're doing. And then there's this, but if you don't think like us, you're out, which is kind of, I don't know, oxymoron to what they're saying. Yeah, it's, it's, they don't know it, though. You know, they, they're just not aware. Like, mm. honestly, if they was listen to themselves and think about what they just stated in the video, then they'll be like, you know, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Maybe I'm a little off. Yeah, I wonder. This all started from asking if we ever think racism would ever go away. And um, it, it will. We just. I, I hope it does. And I hope it does. Maybe if the culture changes over time. Yes. So that's so that's what it's about. It's about it's about changing the culture. It's about changing the culture because uh, I mean because in this documentary um, you got you got a lot of you got white people in this movie you got blacks in the, well you got uh, whites in this documentary you got blacks in this documentary uh, one white lady she's a she's a lawyer in Tampa and she talks about um, she talks about how they can have the same exact crime um, mm-hmm. and two totally separate sentences one to get six months probation the other one to get twenty years in prison oh yeah no shit yeah that's legit. And it's, yeah. and it's, but it's, it's the culture. So it's the culture of the legal system, but the culture of the legal system is, 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 is based off the foundation of the culture of how, of how America really works. So until we figure out, so, and we have solutions, that's the crazy part. It doesn't just push, it doesn't just point at the problem. It brings solutions by saying, oh, look, well now uh, uh, blacks, we keep, we keep ch- complaining about jury duty and avoiding jury duty. This is, this is a solution to it. Yeah, that's um, part of it. Sure. Yeah, you, sure. Yeah, you can't you can't get upset at the legal system if you're not doing your part and doing jury duty. Stop yeah. dodging jury duty. Now, what if because I said that? I don't know. I'm gonna get fucking emails if I yeah, say you, that. You shit. could. You could get yeah. emails. You know, they will shoot some emails at you. But um, or yeah, yeah, I'm gonna get shit if I said that. Right. So, so for me as a black male, um, that's kind of your point, though. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Uh. So, because why why should why should you get penalized when by pointing out the truth, and you just have less melanin in your skin than I do. Mm, not much left. <laughs> Native <laughs> showing. Well, I mean, you know, you've been you've been in the sun a little bit too, so yeah, a little bit, man. I yeah. I turn almost full Native American if I'm in the sun for a day, man. I, I go dark, but it's just melanin, right? Son? Right. I mean, do you think we could get to a place right towards just we don't even say black or white, just person? Um, we're getting there. It's coming. Um, honestly, it's a part of human evolution. Um, first. First we change physically and then we change mentally. But typically what's happening now is we're so far behind mentally mm. that we're now starting to catch up mentally. So we're scarily behind yeah. mentally, bro. Yeah. Like it's terrifying. But it's, it's because nobody cared to change the culture. Mm. So that's why so that's why I'm so big on a melanin code because melanin code is it's a it's a program to change the culture. Mm. So imagine because I, I just I just had a I just had a conference. So I just did a conference in uh in Orlando. Um and I had a dialogue. So every time I, every time kids would come up, they say, so what's the melanin code about? Because it has a rope with a, um, with a, with a roll of money in it. So uh-huh. they're like, so what's that about? It's all about the money. Right. So, so that's what it was saying. It was saying, look, um, people are enslaved to money. And if we want to get, or if we want to, if you want if you don't want to be hung by it, then these are the things that we must do. Brilliant. Yeah. Arch- uh, artistically. Right. So, Brilliant. so, so for me, um, it's, it's dear to me because I got a lot of different friends and to be honest with you, most of my friends aren't, aren't deep in melanin. Mm. You know, most of my friends are, uh, Egyptian or well, some, some of my friends are Egyptian. 
Asian. Um, I got some African friends. Uh, I got some. I got some Haitian oh, friends. You're, you're racist, Mike. You're starting to point out. I know. I I got a black <laughs> friend. I can't be racist. So <laughs> so it's it's but uh, but you know. But when we get together, uh, we deal with each other because of our hearts and the and, and the content of our character, and not because of how we look. I mean, um, you do see that in the younger generation. Yeah, you do. Which is a beautiful thing. Right. So it's 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 like it's like whatever choices you make in your personal life. Who cares? Um, I obviously the way you look that doesn't really that doesn't really determine who you are as a, as an individual anyway. We're going to look at your heart yeah. and we're going to look at your soul and that's what we're going to make our judgment off of. Mm. So that's why I like it. So it's it's an introduction to point in the face of people. Hey, listen, um, you're, you're bickering over bullshit, right? Like literally, the what you see as a skin color is a surface of science. Really, you're right. just watching science change. Yeah, nothing else. Right. So, so I mean, and, and so just off that, that's the first part. And then the second part is, um, so, so Mark is used to work at, uh, he used to work at Chick-fil-A. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and when he worked at Chick-fil-A, Shout Chick-fil-A, out Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. like to sponsor the show. No. <laughs> Please be open one Sunday. Just one Sunday. One Sunday, right? <laughs> Yo, Give it. it up to them, They'll though, right? It. You know how much money they, they're giving up on a Sunday? But they make it back because people are going to go there Saturday knowing that they want one open Sunday. That's true. And then when you miss it Sunday, you're like, I'm going Monday. Yeah. I wonder I wonder if they could do a study. I probably did a study on that. I don't. They probably I, did somewhere. I don't think now. Now Chick Fil A is also they're, they're also they're also known for having some of the best quality customer service at the most. And that's like, real, bro. Look, yeah, you can be backed up on I four, yeah, at Chick Fil A, and you're out of there in two minutes. Yeah, they're fast, and if they're not, and they're always kind. Oh yeah, I, I haven't. Yeah, that's true. So I say always. I'm generalizing, but I'm sure somebody's gone through there and been like, fuck them. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. So 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 from that, um, he wanted to produce a code of ethics. For humans. So just the same way Chick-fil-A has a code of ethics, mm-hmm. he said, Well, blacks, we need to have a code of ethics, and the rest of the and the rest of the world, we should all follow the same code of ethics. Yeah. So um, Ooh, talk about to the whirlwind code of ethics in our White House went to. I yeah. I would do it. Everybody should watch this. I watched this, uh it's a I think there's four series in it. It's called Dirty Money on Netflix. And uh, I went through, they got five episodes. They they start out with the Volkswagen thing, then they go to a couple other things and some Wall Street crap. And then the last one is on Donald Trump. Right. Now, I, they interviewed seven different authors, people that wrote books for him, against him, right? I mean, it's, so it's, it's unbi- I'm watching it for bias, trying to go, all right, I know you're trying to hate on him, you know, or whatever. So I'm watching it for that purpose. And I didn't, it seemed fair and balanced to me, man. And I walked through and I'm going, the, the guy who started the uh, Department of Code of Ethics for the White House, right. uh, he was there for four or five of our last presidents, resigned. He's like, I'm out. I, I'm not, not. I'm not even taking part in this. And it's getting dismantled, man. It was it was crazy. It's crazy when you see that from the top. And then when you watch that, I think it's the last episode. Yes, the, the last episode of Dirty Mountain Netflix. Um, I, you turn it off and I just stare at the screen for a minute like, how the fuck did we get here? <laughs> what the? It's, it's, I mean, I, I, I could pr- probably walk through how we got here, but holy shit, from the top down. It's needed, though. Um, to be honest, at first I didn't like that fact that Donald Trump was in office. But now I like the fact that Donald Trump is in office. Mm. Go on, <laughs> because for one, um, people wouldn't have had to, people wouldn't have tightened up and start getting their act together. Mm. Um, typically, doing controversy uh, or typ- typically doing doing uh, doing doing a time of what's the word I want to use? Uh, typically, doing a time of struggle, everybody tends to look at each other and and and, and focus on one common goal, mm. right? Now I feel like. 
if Bernie Sanders would have went in, then people would have still been lackadaisical and a lot of, and a lot of issues would have been overlooked and nobody wouldn't have tried to work together. Yeah. But due to the fact that Donald Trump is in office, people are starting to work together who don't like him. Well, right. Okay. Right? I see where you're going. So, yeah. so, so due to That's the fact true. that Donald Trump is putting some of the red and blue together. Right. Exactly. So due to the fact that Donald Trump is in office, people are actually starting to work together and treat people and treat each other accordingly. Mm. Right. So, so yeah. I mean, when, when Obama was in, you know, Democrats and Republicans, they weren't looking oh, out yeah. of eye. You know, divided. they was right. But now, now you see that that everybody has one common focus. So at least there's a couple the, Republicans and a couple Democrats that lean middle, kind of going, "Can we at least agree? Right? <laughs> Can we do something?" <laughs> see what I'm saying? So, yeah. so, so I'm glad that he's in office now because it's now it's forcing people to work together because they realize if if they don't work together, who's next? At this point, yeah, it's going to get worse. Yeah. Now, do I want to now? Do I want to give him a high five for making it in there? No. Um, <laughs> do I want to go down and sit? Do I want to go eat with him? No. Do yeah. I, you know, do we, do I still, do, do I share some of the same beliefs? Some, but when it come down to like a lot of other things, I don't. Um, yeah, and it was, it was nuts to learn about his business empire. It's all bullshit. It's all, I mean, he bankrupt five times. Well, they're separate businesses. I, I get it, but it's still, I mean, he ruined Jersey, Atlantic City, and the Taj, Taj Mahal. He owed people millions of dollars, contractors and stuff he just never paid. Um, he was left way more than a million dollars from his daddy, as the myth he put out there that he got him. And I love it. He goes, well, I got a small loan for my dad, a million dollars. I'm like, what you, what you talking about? Give it's me a relative. million. <laughs> it's relative. Right. It's all relative. So, I mean, and he was terrible. I mean, his casinos all closed down. I mean, he, he, he only licensed his name out. The Apprentice made him. You know, they, were, they actually interview the guys who produced the show, The Apprentice Show. Mm -hmm. And they're talking. They're going, well, we used Donald Trump as a joke. We thought it would be funny <laughs> that this guy that lives in a golden palace that he doesn't pay for, that has no businesses, who's bankrupt multiple times, has crashed businesses everywhere. He's the guy in the chair firing and hiring and firing. They thought this was supposed to be a joke. And they, they spruced up his office to make it look the way there was no boardroom like there was. They made all this on set right. and turned him into this guy. And they're like, we didn't know it kind of backfired that way. That people, you know, all of a sudden his brand pops out again as like this rich business guy. And they go into the hip hop version of it, too, where um, how many uh, hip hop artists would bring him up as I'm living like Donald Trump or catch mm -hmm. me down at Trump Plaza. Right. They were pointing him out, comparing him, I think, once to to Steve Jobs. I think uh, Nelly says it in the song, um, you know, but it's just like, man, he, he, he sold a brand and put off success, none of which was really true. Right. It was it was all. Yeah, but they, we bought into that in America. Propaganda. Yeah, we all bought into it. Or not all of us bought into it in America as if this celebrity contest. You know, it's it's interesting, man. It was weird to watch that that whole thing and kind of sit back and then see how that came to be and how you know whoever's rich and powerful. This, this personal opinion, I don't think we should even have a president. I, I personal opinion, I, I don't think we could. The, the fact that we still look for the head chimp in charge. It's pretty ridiculous. You know what I mean? It's, it's really like one dude or one lady, one person is going to run this whole thing, really. I mean, come on, man. Yeah, you too, know what I mean? Too many moving parts. Yeah. I'm right. just like, I'm down with a committee. I mean, we're supposed to have a committee with Congress and Senate and all that stuff. But those people stay in there forever. There's ways to change, you know, but money and politics, I will go off. On. I've been ranting about this at home lately. <laughs> so, I really have been. So, so, um, so, so just, just to keep it, just to keep it basic. By the way, um, all, all the Republican viewers of the show have signed off. <laughs> oh, they have. <laughs> no, I, I watched the numbers as I started to kind of <laughs> question Trump and it went, tit, 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 and it went down. I'm like, how did I become a right wing podcast, man? I'm uh -oh. like, is it the elephant? 
I think it's the elephant. Oh. I was wearing that shirt, uh, the Cognitive Rampage shirt, uh, around election time. Right. And people would walk up and kind of give me this right-wing fist bump. You know, I'm like, hey, that's right. The right's got to stick together. I'm like, right. What are you talking about? It says yeah. Cognitive Rampage, man. Well, well the elephant. Like, it has butterfly wings unless you're eating psychedelics. They just, they just see the elephant. Isn't that weird? They just, they, just see how, they just see the common ground that you have with them. I mean, it's a psychedelic elephant. I mean, it has butterfly wings for ears, and they're all like, "Yeah, right wing." I'm like, "Wait, what?" Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but that's you know, so that's that's uh that's that's what it's about, man, and and that's what my focus has been because uh, you know I'm still in the education system. Yeah. Uh, but part of our development is uh on a personal side, we got to start checking ourselves, man. We got to start checking ourselves to see, um, you know, what what areas are we treating each other based off the color of our skin and not the content of our character so oh man uh, that, that first initial judgment um uh, i listen to rogan probably too much and he talks about <laughs> it would be funny if we reach a day to where we could almost read each other's minds where you can't lie anymore you know what the other person's thinking you're kind of walking up going what really you know what i mean if that first thing would come out and then another hundred years later then eventually racism would be gone because it would just be evolutionary unlearned in a sense because you couldn't yeah uh, well well you know that's 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 the other part uh, is understanding. Um, so science science is how things work, right? Right. Yeah. So people people may misinterpret science all the time, right? And racism is something to where um, a lot of like people, most people who can like, especially when we get into the concept of white supremacy, right? Mm-hmm. So in white supremacy, they think that that uh, that black people came from apes and white people just came from something else, right? <laughs> right. The weirdest thing in the world, right? Is, is this on that documentary? They uh, interview a couple of people that talk and say that? No, it's 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 not, but uh it's, it's something that I've you know that that you can I mean, even when you even when you start yeah, like it's, watching it's, it's videos, a cliche thing. Right, yeah, a, yeah. right. So that, that's why they say, Oh, didn't uh um what was it? Uh who did it? Um who did that, that video? Uh actually, man, um what is it, the funniest monkey in the jungle or something like that? One of one of those uh one of those clothing lines did it. I can't quite remember. It's not know. off the top of my head. I don't know. Um, but, but go ahead. But but when they did it, um, people found it racist. So people became so sensitive to it. Ah, um, I can and, see that. And once they became sensitive to it, then it just got me to a space where I was like, okay, so let's make sure we all understand that we all come from the same place. And when people begin to, when, when people decided to dehumanize um, people because of the color because of the amount of melanin in their skin then that felt like that gave them a right to start treating people a certain way all the way back from slavery mm. so uh when people so when when we started getting so when we started getting uh traded from um from west africa to the united states they wanted to they wanted to find an excuse on how on why they should treat why they were uh, allowed right blacks a certain way so you, so know, you got to pitch the propaganda create the bullshit backstories well the, my people the native american people savages right we were savages you know what i mean you're kind of like whoa dude come on you just named your washington dc football team after savages but oh, i'll I'll leave, I'll leave it there there's a um if you ever go to tampa um they have they have some podiums that with uh with stories on them mm-hmm. and there was one about the story of andrew jackson and how he uh and how and how he told how he told the indians that that uh that he'll supply them with blankets and with food and everything else that was supposed to be supplied from the early United States. Mm-hmm. And he, and, and he reneged on it. So he reneged on it so bad that they became hungry and he ended up kicking them out and, and sending them, um, sending them out of, out, out of the Tampa area and tried to ship them, uh, 
Northwest. You found a trail of tears? Just what you're linking to? It's one of them. Yeah. I, well, I'm not quite sure if that was a trail of tears because this was just a certain story. It didn't say the trail of tears on it, but so probably not. Yeah, but I mean, so but I I started to see the same trend. You know, I started to see the same trend of even now, um, instead of people being conditioned to work for what they get, they decided to say, you know what? Let's put people on food stamps. Let's give people all these supplies. Let's make sure that people aren't productive so that way we can control them. And then wow. when it's time, what we'll do is what, if they don't do want to do what we say, then we're going to send them, then, then, then we'll deal with them accordingly. I see what you're shaping here. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's not a shit. Cons- I can't say. Right. But yeah, <laughs> I well, I could it. from the white side. Yes, cause, can. Yeah. Cause I mean, if, if, cause it's not wow. even a black thing, it's, it's, a, yeah. it's a, you know, so, so, so from this, I'll start hey, to put see more how that together because some people watching may be like, "What the fuck are they talking about?" All right, so because um, I, I see it where it's like, "All right, if I enable them, I, I cut them off at the legs, so to speak, right?" And then right. they get used to being fed, get right. used to that, but but not enough, not enough to where you're living in abundance whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, you're not just, living, you, yeah, you barely get by. Right, you barely get by. So keep you struggling, keep you wanting, and then when we need to, we oh fuck man, yeah, and that's that's what's happening. Wow. Um, so. When Donald Trump decided to cut the food stamps back, that was part of it. So all of this is, is there's a bigger play. So the bigger play is whoever isn't productive and whoever can't get it on their own, if the government has to provide for you, the government is going to control you. Mm, yeah. but, well, it already controls where, about where you can live, Section 8 housing. Right. It's only this area. And, and in Section 8 housing, you can't have a man in the house. What? Yeah. If you, I'm sorry. So, 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 like, let's let's say let's say you're a woman with a kid. Uh-huh. If a man moves in, you got to get out. Okay, man can't live with you. Wow. So, so it it pushed. I mean, and, and so uh, in 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 uh, in trick like so trick daddy has a documentary out about his life. Um, and they had it in 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 uh in the story, but about trick daddy. So you know, trick daddy was like, yeah, well, you know, well, my mom and I, you know, I got a lot of brothers and sisters, and and uh and all the and all the men and all the men that we saw were, were the postmen. Uh, the mailman, uh, the men, the, the the guys who did construction, they'd come over, but they knew that they couldn't stay there because if they stayed there, then the government would would eliminate um, all the funding or all the food and all the funding for the mom and the children. Mm. So it was a way to keep the men out of the house. Yeah, yeah, keep the well, keep the families divided. Right. Um, wow. So and, and and this was just you know. Um, well, see, then if you move the man in, then either the mother's going to be now dependent on him to be there, and or the government. So, 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 so she had a choice and, and the, that's, that's what, that's what the projects was about. Mm-hmm. The projects was, it was, it was a project to see, um, right now when you say it like that, it's kind of fucked up. It is. That's what it is. When you're like, let's try this project. Yeah. And now it's the projects. Cause it was a fucking project. You don't treat that's, people that's like that. That's why they call it the projects. Yeah. All right. So this is the project where we're going to try this. Um, and then if you still yeah. look at the hood and the rest of the projects now, they're going to sit back and say, okay, so this is what we'll do next. So now. We're gonna put we're gonna put liquor stores on every corner. We're gonna get these liquor stores approved on every corner. Oh, and they do. You Let's, ain't gonna find that shit out here. Right. You drive through any suburb out here. Good luck. Yeah, and, and you're not in Publix. You go to Publix liquor yeah. store, but there's no there, there's no like Johnny's liquor right there. And you're not gonna see a gun shop anywhere near it either. Not out here. But if you go well, to Pine Hills, yeah. where you were born, Yo, where you're from, pawn you shop, know? pawn shop, pawn shop, yeah, pawn shop, liquor store, pawn shop, liquor store, church, church, <laughs> yeah, right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So so the projects was a place. To where they want to see, they want to see if people, if if you if you give them all the tools to diminish and kill themselves, will they? Yeah, 
Of course. And, and of course, they're picking the poison. Well, you break them first. You make it hard to even get a job. You arrest them a bunch of times, so you can't even get a fucking job. Right. I mean, you, 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 you set them up to fail. Yeah. Holy shit. So, yeah. so yeah. I mean, so that, that was the project. So, yeah. so, so now what you see now is the byproduct of the byproduct of a project of the, what happened in the initial projects. Mm. So, you know, with so many, with so many of us not having families and, and having so many broken homes because we came from the projects, this is what you get. So they just wanted to sit back and say, okay, so they were enslaved. And, and, and some white people have the audacity to sit back and say, well, you're making the choice. You're doing the violence. You're without backing it all the way up to the environment that created exactly. the, the outcomes that which we're seeing now. Exactly. So, so no, no, nobody blames the Again, tree. short-sighted. Exactly. Yeah. So, so no, nobody blames the tree for the soil it was planted in on why it didn't turn out to be a phenomenal tree. You always blame the farmer for not producing the proper soil for the nutrients that the tree needed to grow. Mm. Which we know, uh, just talking about any child in any place, right? We talk about the school environment. We talk about the home environment. These things we all know and speak about it. But, wow. But we'll just kind of throw that out. No, we're going to, let's bring that on in. You know, kids are my thing. Let's bring that right on in. Well, I'm just meaning, and I'm talking about the racist person. Oh, yeah. Even the one that may be subtly racist, right? That doesn't realize it where they're going, well, why don't they pull their communities together, right? And and da-da-da. And you're like, this shit was a setup from the beginning. Yeah. I mean, and there's, and don't get me twisted, there's, there's white trailer parks that are going through the same shit, you yeah. know what I mean? Kind of moved to areas and, and then underfunded the whole mm-hmm. kind of, uh, whole, I different whole setup, man. Yeah. Holy shit. So for me, I just, you know, I love humans. I love people. Now, obviously, uh, since I'm, I'm, I have a lot of melanin in my skin, I have a more, I have, you know, I have a more common relation to people of my skin tone because I know that they've been treated the way that I've been treated. So it's two separate worlds, mm. but it's when you get a chance to bring somebody else in your world. Like, so, uh, some of my friend, Jake, uh, Jake, I used to work at Roxy with Jake. Mm-hmm. Um, we went to, oh, uh, I remember Jake. Yeah. You remember Jake? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so with Jake, um, Jake was a bar back at the time uh-huh. when he was working there. Yeah. He so, had a dark shaved head. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I so, so, so Jake, um, we was at, we was at, we was at work one night and, uh, and I was behind the bars. I had the front bar. So I was down, I was a bar back. So I was down in the bar um, putting the beer in the, uh, in, in the containers and, you know, putting the bottles back in because Bosco weighed the bar. Mm-hmm. Um, so while I was doing that, one guy, so uh, it was a new bartender, brand new. He, he said, Jake, I got a joke for you. He said, so there was a, he said, so there was a, uh, he said, there was a spick, there was a nigger. He said, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hey, Mike, um, I want you to hear this. Come in. <laughs> what the fuck? Pick this head. I picked my head up. He said, oh, he said, all right, well, there was this Latin guy. There was this black guy. <laughs> Flipped it up, right? <laughs> Flipped it up real Right. Fast. Yeah, Bill Burr has a joke about uh, racism and, and real racism in America. It's not out there. People look around first, you know, then they say, <laughs> say the racist joke. Right. Um, they didn't even do that. Yes. So is so so Jake Jake got a chance to see it on so many different levels, um, even when we would go out. Um, now, obviously, I wasn't the guy to go out and party. But, you know, let's let's say we had, uh, you know, every year um, a lot of the like a lot of the clubs, they get together and they go do their community service mm-hmm. down there at the uh, at, at the at, what's, at the, uh, at the what is that called now? Uh, camping Stadium. Oh, yeah. Camping World Stadium. Yeah, Camping World Stadium. Yeah. Um, so it sounds so bad. Right. It? It's terrible. It was the Citrus Bowl. Right. It's the Citrus Bowl. That's what I was on. I was on. A, I was going to call it the Citrus Bowl. <laughs> that's but, what it is. Right. So <laughs> it can't be the Camping World Stadium. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so, so we went down there and. Uh, and Jake asked for a beer, and I asked for a beer. This one I was drinking. Um, so the guy gave Jake a beer and ignored me. So Jake, so J- Jake said, uh, 
Jake said, there's racism sticking his ugly head up once again. And the guy just, and the guy just looked and then he walked off and then the lady came and then uh, the lady gave me my bed. She said, well, what happened? I said, I don't know. Ask Jake. So she asked Jake and Jake said, man, this guy, Mike asked for a beer before I did. And then I got me. So the guy gave me my beer, popped the lid off and handed me my beer and just stood there. And then I looked at him and said, well, you didn't give my friend his beer. He asked first. I wanted a beer because he wanted a beer because Mike don't really drink. Yeah. So, so the guy just walked off. So when the girl came and, 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 uh, and gave us both and, and gave me my beer, then, you know, that's when, well, before that happened, then that's when Jake said, well, there's racism sticking his ugly head up once again. Shit. And, and he, and the guy really wasn't excited about it. So I didn't see him. I didn't see that guy back for the rest of the evening. But I mean, you know, Jake got a chance to see, um, things just in the face. So, you know, once he got a chance to acknowledge it, then, you know, it kind of put him in a space like, man, this is crazy. Yeah. Like this is really uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. You know? It so. it irks me, man. When when I I think of areas like uh, uh, I don't I don't know Chicago, right? South Side Chicago, right? I mean, what are some of the nicknames? Beirut, right? I mean, we, it's terrible. Right. I mean, it's it's shit. It's bad. People getting murdered, right? right? When I think about these kind of areas, Compton, pick one, right? And I mean, shit, you can go West Virginia too, right now with the drug issue. Um, when I think about those areas and how the billions of dollars we spend overseas trying to uh help other countries right out of poverty or whatever the hell we or at least whatever they're pitching (laughs) there's reason why we're there i know they're for natural resources and and controlling but when we spend that kind of money to do that and in our own country you know there's places like uh south central right where we could go in there and help you know i mean yeah gentrification too and a bunch of other crap that's happening but that we just allow that you know what i mean that we if i I think eminem right said it on on a song it's like um I'm glad I brought attention to the suburbs because now, now the white kids are singing rap in the suburbs and the parents are like, oh, no, we, we can't have this in the suburbs. But bringing attention to the fact that if that was a suburb, right, let's just say this suburb right here, yeah. uh, all of a sudden we have the same amount of shootouts and gang violence as they do in, in South Central. Uh, what, what would happen? You know what I mean? It, w- it would be a total, re- people would be outraged. It would be like, yo, you can't have this. When I don't think people really understand how bad those areas really are, but you're, we're talking about the backstory of how those areas set up and to be the project that right. way. What we could do, you know what I mean? What we could really do spending those billions of dollars here in America. Well, um, to be honest, it's not a, it's not a money issue. Um, it's an education issue. Mm-hmm. Um, until we educate each other on that, then then it's going to continuously happen. So um, that's why they say the revolution will not be televised. Um, a revolution can't be televised because um, it's going to be an evolution of the mentality. So um, you can't you can't watch somebody's mentality shift um, through a TV screen. So, uh, but that's what it's really about. It's it's really about helping people. Because um, think about it, everything that we're doing right now. Um, even when you look at politics and so forth or, or TV shows and they're looking for ratings, what they're really doing is they're really trying to catch your mind, whatever they, whatever, like everybody wants your attention. So remember when people say pay attention, right? Um, pay means it's, it's a trade yeah. and attention is focus. Mm. So they're willing to trade your time for your focus. Cause whatever TV shows get the highest focus amongst the minds of people, those are the ones who can who can shell out who who can uh, who can ask for the most money for commercials. Yeah, advertising now. Right. So every everything is um is is it's a magnet to see if they can get your focus. If they can get your mind, attention is the new currency. That, that's it. For that's, sure. That's the real currency. The real currency is if I can get your mind, I got you. Mm-hmm. So if they got your mind, now they have your attention. Now they can program you however they want to program you. Mm. 
So it's really the minds of the people now. Yeah. So even when, so, and, and that's I why I can hear all the conspiracy theorists now jumping in with 5G that they're putting out across <laughs> the globe right now is supposed to slow down cognitive cognition thinking. I mean, I can, I can hear it now. There's some worry, even in me, about the 5G stuff that they're uh, letting loose over our country. Uh, Dr. Jack Cruz, a neurosurgeon who's uh, been on the podcast a bunch. He's putting out a whole bunch of warnings and has been on the show about the issues of 5G and uh, our uh, our neuro uh, enhancement or de-enhancement, really, uh, neurodegeneration, mm-hmm. um, a whole bunch of cognitive issues that happen when this 5G kind of starts to spread all over. It's I can hear the mind control people, right? I can hear them where they're like, ah, you're crazy, you know, but it's just too much, I think, for some people to really think about. Uh, it, it is, uh, but, like, you, but you know my favorite show um, was The Matrix because oh, The Matrix, yes. the Matrix teaches you how to unplug Mm. So the matrix teaches you, um, despite what we see in the matrix, the matrix is everything physical, everything that's tangible, but it doesn't really exist. It's not like, real. Right, exactly. Um, but there's a, there's a spiritual realm, like there are other realms, there's a mental realm, there's a spiritual realm that people aren't in tune with. But once you learn how to unplug, then that 5G can affect you. Like think about it, every, every time we watch the matrix and we watch them and we watch them get unplugged from the matrix, yeah. then it didn't matter what was happening in the matrix, it didn't affect us. Right. Yeah. You know, so, so, uh, yeah, I like to think how, you know, Neo thought he was the one. Mm-hmm. He's not the one. And then he, I think that was indirectly trying to say, we're all the one. Mm-hmm. As long as you believe it. Right. If you believe you're the one, then we all are the one to be able to change the world that you're all the one yeah, to do this. Because only, only, only thing, only thing that they kept doing was training his faith. Mm. Yeah. Belief in himself. That's it. Yeah. They're like, they're like, oh, his stuff is off the charts. Because they didn't have the fact that they didn't have the amount of faith that Neo had. Yeah. So that's what separated Neo from everybody else was his level of faith. Mm. Now, not which only- was shit faith in the beginning. Right. In the beginning, he was wow. He had enough as a mustard seed. Yeah, I see as you're curving into the spiritual thing. I see what you're doing. There it is. I see what you're doing there. And that's and, and honestly, uh, so you know, I just made nine years of celibacy. Um, but people keep thinking, man, bro, that must be crazy. No, it's because I live into like I I unplug. Like, I don't, like, my physical flesh is nothing to me now. Like, I've learned how to master my flesh. Um, yeah. This was really a, this was really about um, me learning how to master yeah. my flesh. Well, most people sitting across from me that would have heard that it would have been like, what the fuck? Really? And then uh, I've, I've known that before. So it didn't, that's why I didn't freak out. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, because typically I'd have been like, what? Yeah. You know, you what? How you do it? It was interesting, though. You were talking on the, uh, on the porch back there before we came in about what, unplugging from that right mm-hmm. <laughs> literally and metaphorically <laughs> <laughs> i see what you did, yeah, you see what you did there. uh literally unplugging from that what it allowed you to do or stopped you from doing walk, walk through kind of what that's like because i know if anybody's here in nine years celibacy first people are going to be like um by choice you know <laughs> i'm like i tell a friend of mine that once before i was like yeah my boy uh mike man got some serious discipline man and, you know nine years and his first question was like that by choice he's just ugly <laughs> i was like no actually he could certainly be bullet if he wanted to which makes it even better you know what i mean it's like right. shit but what's that done for you though man i mean really unplugging from from i don't know any of that um so it, it allows me to focus um i see things i see things so far in advance before others like um uh, when when i have dialogue with people now or you know when somebody's trying to coach me or feel like they were trying to convince me to do something um, I can see, I can see where their heart is at. Hmm. Like literally I can see past the flesh and I can see that they don't have a pure, that they have a pure space of where they're trying to put me. Hmm. 
So it, it allows me to have this level of discernment where I can kind of like detect and say, okay. All right. So that's made you crazy. I got you. It works, man. Um, and, yeah. and honestly, so even, even when it come down to females, so a lot of the females that know I'm celibate and I mean, and so on my Facebook page, like, you know, they know I'm celibate. You get the girls that are trying to be the one to break it. I used to get those. You know what I mean? I can see where the girls are like, oh, I'll be the one. Yeah. I'll break it, man. Listen. Yeah. I've seen it. Um, that was early. Um, now I'm a whole, like now, now I'm so, I'm so more advanced that I don't even put myself in that kind of position. Sure. Now. Sure. Yeah. You know, so, so now there's, there's no, well, I know where you stay. I'm coming by the house. No, you're not. What made you decide that? Decide what? To be to do that. Yeah. Man, it was just a lot. Um, how bad was she? <laughs> <laughs> okay. It was, man, it was, uh, it was a lot going on, man. Um, it was, it was, uh, it was from, one of my partners committing suicide. Shit. I wasn't doing great in school. Uh, me and my dad bumped heads. When you uh, say partner, just your, just a friend. Yeah. So one of my one of my close friends, um, his name Money Mark. Um, but he committed suicide. Um, so once he committed suicide, man, it because I talked to him two days before. Mm. I talked to him two days before, and then uh, and cause cause uh and cause I I used to confide in him. You know, he'll call me be like, he'll call me be like, hey, bro, what's up, man? Bro, you good? Man, talk to me, bro, man. What you got going on, bro, man? You ain't, look, man, hey, man, you ain't coming out with nobody, man. Uh, the, the, fella, the fella saying that you just trying to be in isolation, man, talk to me. And around this time, you know, that was a time that I had issue um, with, uh, with law enforcement. Um, so law enforcement pulled me over, pointed their firearm in my window till I came to a complete stop. So it was already me thinking that uh, my life isn't worth much. Um, because if somebody's a lot, cause if he would have just pulled the trigger, that was it. That was it. Yeah. And then it kind of put you to a space where you're like, I spent 27 years of my life to be where I am. What do I have to show for it? Mm. Dang. So that one moment. Yeah. Right. So, and, and I mean, it was, it was, a, it was, a two, it was two years of depression, man. So two years of depression. Now, while I was in that depression, obviously, you know, uh, I was messing around. Um, I thought that, I thought that my fix would be sex and sure. And it, it just didn't cure it, you know? Um, so it was, it was that, um, it was uh issues with pops. It was uh living check to check. It was it was it was moments of reflection where I started sitting back in middle life. What am I doing? Um, I spent I spent eighty percent of my time chasing women, drinking, working in nightclubs, playing basketball and video games, and only twenty percent of my time trying to be successful. So I was only twenty percent successful. Mm. So there I am. Uh, had a roommate that I was bumping heads with and things just weren't going my way. So I said, you know what? Let me start getting off into this Bible a little bit. So the more I started studying and reading the Bible, then I started understanding things from the spiritual realm. Um, and then one of my friends, her name Autumn Blaze, she put out a, like she had a poem that she was doing. And it was in a, one of the stanzas was to my powerful young black brothers. She said, your dick has your blessings in the headlock and it's preventing you from what God has commissioned for you to do. Whew. Man, that thing hit me like a V8. Yeah. And I was like, okay, <laughs> celibate. No shit. Because I knew, because I, I knew, I knew, I knew I was smart enough to what, uh, if I were to put, if I were to put the same amount of energy that I did having sex and chasing women into being successful, I would have been successful. Mm. I'd, I'd have been a millionaire. Yeah. It's what, when you say it like this, it seems a lot logical, very logical. Right. So, so I said, you know what? It's time to make that switch. Man, so you just you went all the way. I like, it's almost like resetting the whole board. You yeah. kind of just said, I talk about that in my book a little bit, is if you're really wanting to change, get rid of everything. 
Go all the way back down to the base of you. Get rid of the friends, people, places, things, the, the stu- places you do, the stuff you have. Just go down to bare nothing and, and then start to rebuild from there in different places, people, places, things, new beliefs. So, yeah, you kind of just I – see, I see you now. I'm trying to be in the mind frame of what makes, what makes a man in the middle go, all right, I'm, I'm going to just clear the whole board. Yeah, because, I mean, I was going downhill. So yeah. it's, it's like, you know, um, so the definition of repent means to turn, stop doing what you're doing and go the other direction. So I was I was coming downhill for a long time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> then I just I had yeah, enough. I've heard you were you were not a very nice guy. Yeah. No. Well, I was I was cool. I just no. You know, I didn't say cool. I I heard you could get pretty angry. Oh yeah. Now I I you know um I had I had I had spaces. I had a temper. Still got it, but I learned how to manage it now. Yeah. You know, but I can get to a space where I'm like, you know what? Nothing matters now. Everything like whatever you wanted, you've earned it. Mm. Now let's get to work, and it ain't gonna. And I'm not gonna stop till I'm tired. There's nobody's gonna tell me to stop. Because yeah. when I was young, I used to have anger. You know, I used, I used, I used to, uh, I used to fight until I was tired. Yeah. I was like, I don't, I don't care. I don't care who's tired. I'm not done yet. Yeah. I gave you all y'all the warnings. Yeah. Now nobody wanted to heed to the warnings. Now you don't get it. You don't. You don't get the right to tell me when to stop. Yeah. I'll tell you when I'm done. I'm thinking of two people right now. I'm like, I got to go right now. <laughs> it's weird, man, because I ever since I kind of went into the psychology, writing the books, getting a degree, and do that, I, I always use Samuel L. Jackson from Pulp Fiction. I'm, I'm trying real hard, Ringo, and and I feel like trying to be a little different, at least from because I was I was pretty angry myself, you know, for a long time, and quite violent. And man, I have been tested over the last three weeks, two weeks. I mean, even, you know, to where it seems like, man, there was a time that this wouldn't even, you know what I mean? It wouldn't have been here, but, and it beats my ego up for a while when I'm walking around like, wow, how did I just shut up? You know what I mean? I'm like, ah, I'm not that guy anymore. Right. And it, it's, it's, it's hard to make those changes, man. So it, elaborate more on, on, you know, two years in, three years in of being sold. What, what, what things started opening up for you? So, um, so my first, my first year, I don't even think I made a year yet. Uh, my first year, um, actually probably my first four months, my first four months of being celibate. Did you um, have like withdrawals? Like, like heroin? Man, Were you literally withdrawn? Now I got to ask, does this mean celibate from your own hands? No, no, no. So, un- so here's the difference between oh, celibacy. Okay. All so, right. So, I'm feeling a little better for you right, now. So look, so celibacy, celibacy. All right. So abstinence means no sex, no act of sex at all. Okay. On any level. All right. Not even with yourself. Oh. I'm not abstinent. I'm celibate. Okay. So celibacy just means that you're not going to have sex with you, like you're not going to have sex with somebody. Now I know how you're maintaining. Gotcha. Right. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> gotcha. I'm, I'm always happy, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> that's funny. Because 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 uh, people people get so stuck into thinking that that uh that that it's a religious thing and is and it's it's a spiritual thing. That's true. That's it's usually the first thing somebody will say if I if I mention that to them or something like that. The first thing they're like, "Oh, is he Christian? You know, or is he Lutheran? Right, you know, but, is he?" But they they can't even tell you what Christianity is. Yeah, well, so, so, right, we're about to make a hard left right now. <laughs> right. Well, so, so I'm gonna stick to it. So so um so I just I just chose to I just chose uh, so celibacy for me is 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 a way of being obedient and a way of protecting myself. Mm. You can never catch an STD. If you just having sex with yourself or have a maybe baby right now, now, now here we go. Um, on the, on the physical side, um, if a man, if a man, like if, if we don't like, if, if we don't ejaculate, 
your testosterone levels are going to decrease naturally. There's some medical things with that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, um, you you have higher chances of getting a pancreatic cancer, killing someone, <laughs> <laughs> and killing someone. Um, so it just it just keep, it just keeps really? you, yeah. So it, it keeps it keeps your uh, it keeps your hormone levels um, right, and then you know it kind of simmers you down and tones you down. So that's one of the biggest things about it is, um, you know, as a man, you should you have to. If you don't now your body's not going to function properly and you'll be more prone to, to have more uh, emotional, emotional rages than anything. Yeah. I got to watch my Google search. <laughs> I start Google searching this shit and <laughs> I'm like, what, what's popping up? And I'm like, Oh wait, it's, it you know, what popped up is actually is that um, if a man doesn't ejaculate scientific, right. And it's just a bunch of talk or uh, messaging boards of women asking if it's okay. If it's like they're blaming themselves, it's all the kind of, why isn't he, you know, he's just not that into you. You know what I mean? I'm like, well, that's not what I'm looking for, man. I'm just the science behind it, but go ahead. Man. Yeah. So, so it's, it's, it's like, it's like the, the, there are muscles that you must exercise. You know, um, if I were like, if I stop working out, like if I don't, if I don't run, my lungs are going to go bad. I get you. And, so I mean, so I mean, I mean, I'm gonna yeah. get, I'm gonna get married at some point. Yeah, yeah, you I don't want to be that. I don't want her to suffer because of my celibacy. Sure, you know, sure, sure. I got to keep myself tight. You know, I got to make sure that you yeah. know when when I when I do get into that bedroom with her, you gotta I'm gonna her give happy. her the best of me. <laughs> so that way she can go. You've been training, huh? Oh you man, know? whoever you do marry, and, and so you waiting to to get married to yeah, do that? Yeah, so I'm gonna wait till I get married. All right, so you wait till you get married to do that. Whoever you are out there that ends up marrying Mike, man, that first year of your life. God bless you. <laughs> God bless you. She's going to be in trouble, man. It's going to be a lot of hotel. Now, now, I mean, there's there's some, right? There's some in, in today's climate that would say, you know, you got to sleep with him first. Or you got to sleep with her first before you even get married or any of that. Because what if you get married and it's terrible and there's no vibe there or oh, whatever? See, the thing is, is our relationship isn't going to be based on sex. Okay. Sex isn't the foundation of, of our relationship. Sure. Um, that's And that's the problem with most people. Uh, most people the base the foundation of their relationship is sex mm. that's why when they go give it to somebody else then they feel so betrayed mm. you know so they they feel like they've lost trust because they they lost Shit. the foundation because Good their point. relationship was based on sex so if that that's the ultimate so that's the ultimate cheat right is if you slept with somebody else you know so yeah I, I think you could pose a question right what would hurt a lady or a guy worse is if they had emotional relationship where they connected with the other person cerebrally and never fucked or anything, or they didn't connect at all. No love, just physical. And all they did was fuck. Right. You know what I mean? I may run that poll on this after right. I post it. Right. Yeah. What would be worse to the person? You know what I mean? It, it just, it, it depends. Cause you know, you, what's the first thing women say? Did you love him? Did you love her? Nah. Right. right. Um, Guys like, how big was he? Right. <laughs> <laughs> was he bigger than me? Yes. No. <laughs> yeah. Right, they now, fall out. Yeah, that's true. Now, now she's. We're generalizing it. people, so don't. It's not yeah, scientific, all right. So, so, and so, Ready typically, what we tend to see is we tend to see guys who don't think as much because we're external, but women they take it to heart because they're internal. Mm. Now, um, but they, if you, but if you're connecting, right? I'm, I'm back to you, the, whoever you marry here, who's right. going to be in trouble for a couple years. <laughs> um, you know, we were uh, talking. I, but you'll be connected in a totally different way. Right. We'll, 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 so um, marriage marriage is supposed to be spiritual. <laughs> All I pictured was the Willow guy. Have you seen the movie Willow? And it's like 
Mowage. <laughs> we are Gowage. <laughs> it's funny. I'm sorry, man. It's in you say, you say, yeah, it's an old 90s movie, I think. Late 80s movie. Uh, Willow. You ever seen that movie? Oh, One of them science, sci-fi type movies. Was it Was it the one where uh, where they would glow? Where they would come out of their bodies and they would glow? Is that it? No. Okay. No. There's um, a little person is the main star. And baby gets taken away off to the dark. One of the light versus dark kind of oh, things. You know, okay. very uh, Lord of the Ringish right. kind of thing. But yeah, it just go ahead. All right. So, <laughs> no, I'm wrong. Oh my God. I said that yesterday when we were out hanging out that it was the Willow. It's not Willow where they do that. It's Princess Bride. The Princess Bride, that, that uh, comedy movie. That's a great movie, actually. Oh, yeah. I Man, I told, I'm wrong, by the way. So, you're right yesterday. Uh, it was not Willow. Um, sorry about that. <laughs> sorry for scrolling off, uh, man. So, so, um, so marriage marriage is something that should that should be based off of off of principles first so you should get married spiritually mm-hmm. so spiritually you're already married mentally you're married because that means that two people have the same view it means you have the same focus you have the same direction and it's about being it's it's about it's about being tuned into each other to that part is signing the paper you think necessary do an actual contract and all that shit no because all right so so what what, what people what would the what this culture of what the american culture has made people believe was um your name on a sheet of paper uh resolves marriage totally like like totally but in our reality there's like three there's three forms of marriage there's spiritual marriage there's physical marriage and then there's paperwork mm-hmm. um companies marry all the time. Sure. Yeah. Um, America and Bank of America married. Yeah. Because Bank of America wasn't always ran by America. Yeah. So once once Bank of America went into debt and they was getting ready to, to go for bankruptcy, America decided to buy Bank of America. Yeah, so you get mergers. Right. Yeah. So a merge is a marriage. Mm-hmm. So they so well, hell the way they separate is the same dang way. Lawyers are involved. <laughs> exactly, you, you lose half your shit. <laughs> so so they got so so it's a marriage. So that's a marriage on paper. Yeah. Um, the reason why most the reason why um most guys cheat on their wives with their secretary is because their secretary is more married to their vision than their wife is. Whoa! Oh, say that one more time, <laughs> just for somebody to hear that. The reason why most people marry, the reason why a lot of guys cheat on their wives with their secretaries is because their secretary is more married to the guy's vision than the wife is. I also think because they spend so much time with them as it is. I mean, you're spending more time at your business and I don't know what time is, but you're spending more time at your job and on your business than you are at home. Right. But, but you know, it's just because you marry somebody and y'all have kids together, that doesn't mean that uh that that the marriage is that it's a functional marriage yeah i'll second that you know um even love bugs when love bugs get together and they marry they fly together everywhere their, their lifespan is rather short right <laughs> right but but the fact is is that when you marry um so the the so the the, the paperwork marriage um versus the physical marriage um a lot of people get married to each other physically and then they get a divorce. Yeah, that's what you we're know, talking about. They'll, you know, they'll have sex with each other for a period of time, maybe a year or two, maybe three years, and then, then, they, then they separate. I think the average is three years now. I don't know. 50% divorce rate. Oh, oh, you mean marriage. Oh, you, you mean yeah. that kind of marriage. Yeah, yeah but, but most people are really married on, on, on just on physical and paperwork, but they never reach the level of marriage on the, uh, on the spiritual. Because if they got married spiritually, then that means that they have the same Eight culture, years. they have the same beliefs. Eight years. 
yeah. 50% marriages fail within the eight years. Oh, that's right. The seven year itch. Yeah. Go ahead. So, so I mean, so I just like little weird facts in the uh, middle of this stuff. Yeah. So, so, so for me, um, I hope people understand, look, your marriage has to be more than what you think on paperwork. Like marriage is something that's spiritual. So once two souls get together and you reach each other on, on a higher level than the mental state, then you would, then you, then, then you would know the need of, of, of your partner before they know they need it. Mm. You know, that's why marriages, that's why some of the marriages last so long um, back in the days was because they didn't have all these distractions for starters. That's true. Um, and then yeah, for, you couldn't go on Facebook and somebody couldn't hit you up and, and come at you all which ways. Right. Yeah. I wonder how much of that too um, matters by the age. Cause right back then you're marrying at 16, 17 years old, sometimes 14 and 15, you know, and that's, you stay together forever. Yeah. And I'm talking about 1920s so okay. all the way back. People would marry at a young age, but well, the death rate was a, the death age was a lot lower too. You yeah, were like, you're, you're like 40. Yeah. Yeah. You're croaking early, <laughs> you know? So maybe like we gotta get this in, <laughs> you know, but I wonder in the developmental stage, you know, in the, in the, in the, the brain's developmental stages of connecting at a younger age like that is a, I don't know, adds to the length of the marriage, you know, or reduces, you know, the chances nowadays, I would say it reduces it. Right. I mean, uh, I, I think I, I don't think it was based off age. I was think I think it was ba- really based off of the age that we're in as far as, as far as the like time. right now we're in the information age. So yeah. um, the culture has changed. So if we can get back to the culture of it being um, whenever you have a problem, uh, you don't just throw each other away. Mm. You know, um, yeah. but that's 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 the culture we live in. We live in a culture to where if your just get a new one, right? If your transmission going bad in your car, you get a whole new car now. Yeah, I get rid of my car if there's less wrong with it, right? <laughs> See? Yeah, versus, but that's but that that's because that's part of the mentality of how we look at all things. Sure, you know. Back- Although I don't keep much, this is the most stuff I've had in five years, and I've lived heavily minimalistic for a while. And but you know what does trip me? We'll get back to it, I promise. And we drive I drive out of my subdivision and the garages are open. They're so full of shit. I mean, I look, I'm like, you couldn't fit another tub in that person's garage. The cars are on the outside. There's just excess. We live in an age of excess mm-hmm. over here, man. Yeah. Um, so we came back to this topic. Yeah, wait, uh, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. I'm just scrolling off, man. Yes. Yeah, so so um, But that's kind of what I was making the point is yeah. that we we don't I mean, I guess we hold on to stuff. Maybe that's just the baggage we hold on to in the garage, right. but we just go buy a new one. You know, right. the, the couch, whatever, we put it out there, we get another one because it's so, well, it's cheap and easy. Right. And and that's, you know, and that's 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 how people look at marriage now. People look at marriage like it's cheap and easy. Think about how many celebrities got married six, seven times and got divorced. Oh, yeah. They look at marriage like it's cheap and easy. So they really perverted marriage. Mm. Um, marriage is when two people get together and commit to each other for the remainder of their life. And that's what we stopped doing. Man, when you said that, I just heard like, Shing! I was like, that scared me, man. It's, yeah. it's scary for some people to think that. But that's, that's, what, it, that's what it's about, man, because it's a commitment. Yeah. So, and I mean, and you're going to have kids. So, it's, so when you get married, it's not just designed for you, but it's also designed for the generations after you because now you've became a foundation for a new generation. Mm. Yeah. You know, um, you get married, you have kids. And as long as your kids can see a, can, can see a, a functional, a, a functional household and a functional marriage, then when they have kids, now they have a foundation that can, that they can come back to for the principles that they didn't understand as they're getting into their marriage sure. and they can bring that. And so they can sit back and say, all right, so dad, listen, this is what's going on with me and my lady. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm working a lot and she's upset because I'm working a lot. So then I slow down on work and now I'm slowing down on work. 
now I have the time to spend with her, but I don't have the money. Now she's complaining about money. How do I make this balance? Yep. But being a veteran, since you've been married and had kids and had a family, you can sit back and tell your son, like, well, you know, you remember when, when we did this and I just had to do these things? Like, yeah, well, this is what we had to do. So you notice you stopped going to camps? Like, yeah. So we cut down on our luxury so I can, I can still make the money and still be able to spend time with the family. Yeah, you can, there's advice there. Now when you're at 50% divorce rate, then there's, 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 you know, we've, we've hand, we've handicapped the generations. Anytime somebody gets divorced, they, they've literally handicapped the generation after them. Wow. Yeah, that's hard. There's a lot of people that argue that. But you, I like, though, how you preface it, though, if the marriage is good, if right. it's a good environment, if the home is good, because I, I would, from a counseling standpoint, I would say staying together for the kids is one of the worst decisions that a marriage can make. Um, personally, that's, that's, well, there's some research to that, too. Right. But when I when I hear that, because I, I would, because what you tended in, in, in some of my research and what you tell the kid is basically whether you're not happy, they're not happy, you suffer anyway, you give up your own dreams, you sacrifice that kind of to a point of going, your kid then watches that, sees that, you know, if the mother then sacrifices her happiness or safety, you know, whatever it is to keep the marriage together, then the kid then sees this. And that kid, like you said, will repeat that same behavior, will allow the abuse, will, right. you know, will allow the the husband or the, the wife and both sides to, to hurt, to hit, uh, financially abuse, emotionally abuse. And, you know, if you're, well, we got kids together. I know she's cheated on me or he's cheated on me three times. I know he or she punches me once a week, you know, or scared, you know, but they were married, you know, that's, that's, he was drunk. She was drunk. Right. I mean, they find ways to look over it and, you know, we stay together for the kids and then 10, 15 years of that raised in that the kid goes, Oh, that's normal. Right. So I, I got to find the, the drunk boyfriend, girlfriend, and that's who you marry and you yeah. stay with them forever. And the thing is, is, is there's a difference between uh, being common and being normal. Sure. It's became so common that people lowered the standard for it to become their new normal. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. You know, so, so I just, so, you know, that's why I'm, I'm more honest. Look, I don't follow standards. I set them. Mm. Um, but that's, but you know, um, when, when we, when we get into these, when we get into these dialogues about, about, about marriage and, and so forth, uh, that's what people miss. You know, if you was a, if you ask a marriage couple, so what's marriage? Yeah. You, you know what? Actually, I got a little, you know, I got something similar right? for, I don't know, 10 years, maybe longer. Um, when I meet couples that have been married or for a long time or uh, generally a long time, uh, I tried to, I ask one question. I literally ask them both, usually when they're there, how do you do it? How do you do it? And sadly, the majority answer that I got from the guy first would be a form of happy wife, happy, happy life. You know, sacrifice, just sacrifice, just give up all the shit you like. As long as she's happy, everything's fine. You know, and then on the other end, it would be her that would say something, um, something like similar, you know, but as long as he keeps me happy and he doesn't argue back, <laughs> it would, and I would be like, she's been married 56 years like that, you know. Then my grandmother, I always thought, uh, who I personally think sits at the right hand of God myself, um, been married they were married my grandfather passed away right. and but I, I think it's 58 years it would have been longer right 58 years and always kept a separate bank account for 58 years she had hers and he had his and they put their money together to pay for the house the certain bills and stuff but if it was beer money that's his bank account you know if she wanted to buy a sewing machine or something that was her hobby that she liked to do uh that was her money and 58 years they kept that separate that's that's uh that's 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 the other part of marriage is just because the two of you become together doesn't mean that you don't have your own individual self. Mm. Like you don't lose yourself in the marriage. Yes. 
you know, you, you um, it's it's almost like when you were saying happy wife, happy but Mike, wife. Mike, I have to sacrifice. You have to sacrifice in marriage. You do. You're gonna have to sacrifice certain things, but you don't sacrifice yourself. Mm. You know, you uh, you know, cause cause look, here's the thing. So um, many people do that, man. I know. The stay-at-home moms do that, you know, or the guy who both do it, both do it. Where the or the just for instance, easy example. i notice I try to hit both sides. You have yeah. to because it does both ways. You know, the guy just throws his dream in. Maybe he wants to be a stand-up comedian, you know, and he's only making three hundred bucks a week, or you know, he can afford their, their condo or their little apartment they have. It's enough. But then the kid comes out and he throws that away and he goes picks up a sales job selling, you know, paint. You know, which he doesn't want to do, working 50 hours a week because he's got to provide for the family. And then he wakes up five, 10 years later, uh, obese, <laughs> diabetes, pissed off, you know, or, and or the woman does the same thing. She may have a career or something she's doing, gets pregnant, becomes a stay at home uh, and then finds unhappiness. I mean, people literally throw themselves away, but but literally they do. They say it's what you do. You sac your you sacrifice for the marriage and that's what you do and that seems so sad to but you, me but it's, they, they don't they, you don't sacrifice things you sacrifice your ego mm. um mm. You, you sacrifice your ego you don't sacrifice you um because you're part of the relationship you sure. know you're part of the family the male is the foundation if the male decides to sacrifice himself then the foundation is going to crumble that's what i said yeah the family's only strong as the weakest link exactly. or the sickest link i would say yeah so so i mean so so what you like, they don't, they don't understand the concept behind the sacrifice. Um, you sacrifice your ego, mm. but you still have to stay who you are because who you are is who you are. Sure. You know, at the end of the day, uh, uh, when you, when you were saying, um, that, uh, happy wife, happy life, mm -hmm. it's not my job to make her happy. Touche. Like, a, yeah, um, right. And right. Cause, cause you know, cause even now people, people what an like, ego though, to even think that it's like, yeah, right. I'm the one that makes her happy without me around. She's terribly unhappy. Right. It's, that's kind of what that's saying, huh? <laughs> kind of. Yeah. And, and I mean, when you look at it, it's her job to make her happy. I'm not going to have, I'm not going to talk to anybody that's not happy. Cause yeah. look, it's just like this mug, right? You fill that mug up and you share your happiness. You share your overflow of happiness. Want some coffee? I'm is that what you're saying? Is that no. your way of telling me what's some coffee? <laughs> Loaded up. Yeah, like, you, go ahead. So, so, uh, so, so that's how it works. So it's, it's, uh, it's let somebody share their happiness with you. When two people share their happiness together, now they have an overflow of happiness that's going to cascade over into the generation after them oh. as far as their kids. But if the husband is so busy trying to make the wife happy and he's getting depressed, he's going to cheat. Because he's gonna look for somebody to fulfill his happiness, because he's he's pouring all his energy trying to make one person happy. Mm. But it's not our job. It's not my job to make anybody happy. My job is to make sure that I learn what it takes to make me happy. Yes. And then if I'm happy, I'll share my happiness with whoever has an uh so many people reach happiness. for the other person to make them happy. Yeah, codependent. Yeah, you reach out and go, oh, this will make me happy if I just find a new boyfriend, if I just find you know a new girlfriend or whatever. That then that'll make me happy. Right. And it doesn't, yeah. it just, you can't feel the, you can't feel, you, you can't fill a physical void with something that's spiritual. Bam. Well, I'm sorry. You can't feel a spiritual void with something that's physical. Yeah. I, I um, so we get in. So uh, you're the, circling back around. I took it, taking us way off. You were talking about the paper marriage, the physical marriage and calling and the, marriage spiritual. Right. So now I'm, I'm going to point it out just to be the other side. All right. Okay. When people hear the word spiritual, they tend to go, Ooh, doo, doo. all right, here we go. Spiritual stuff that's non-scientific. You can't prove that adds this little edge right. to it. You know what I mean? Or where can I, what would you say to somebody like that? Right. Wow. Cause if I, I, I 
left out the word spiritual in my first edition of the book for that very reason. Right. Because I couldn't, I couldn't put anything scientific to it. I, I couldn't. It, to a, to a point, right? I mean, we've shown that actually prayer and things like this actually does make people's lives better and essentially works in quotes, right? They've right. also seen that people that attend certain churches, uh, I don't want to say certain churches, but attend church kind of regularly or have a faith in something greater than themselves actually perform financially better. Right. And that's science. I mean, that's literally shown that research over time. Mm-hmm. So when I rewrote the book for various reasons, um, it was less tangential in the second book, but kind of pulled together, I threw the word back in there. Okay. I, I, cause it had meaning to me, you know, so I, I, but I still left it vague to the person. And I said, I, I can't tell you how to work on the spiritual side because that's going to be something you do, but I'm merely pointing that out here. I can't really give you a scientific practice to add to it, but I, I felt the need. I needed to put it back in the book that I had left it out because I, I read it like my critics and I could hear the, the scientific community going, <clears throat> right. You know okay. what I mean? Right. Uh, so, so, I'll break it down to its most simplest form. All right, you do. Um, you're you're good at this shit. I like <laughs> how you do that. You 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 are good at that. So the spirit. So there's a realm, right? You have a physical realm. So people only talk about physical science because physically they can prove it. Then you have spiritual science, right? Mm-hmm. Um, spiritual science is energy. Energy can't be made nor destroyed, only transferred or converted, mm-hmm. right? You can't prove it. Yeah. You can't put energy in a bottle. You can put electricity into a capacitor, but if I was to sit back and tell you, put happiness in this capacitor, yeah, yeah. you'd be like, well, well, you can't. Yeah, well, a glass of Jameson. Right. <laughs> so, so, you know, so, I'll, so I'll, I'll literally be, I'll get into the argument by saying, well, happiness doesn't exist then. You can't physically prove it. Yes, I can. No, you can't. Yeah, you can't. It's what, a state that we choose to be in through various thoughts that create our emotional state based on what we're thinking we should be because of what has happened. Right. So, so in it, so emotions is energy in motion, hmm. right? So anytime somebody has, when, when people start giving out negative emotions, like it's just energy that's going in a negative way is oh. going down. It's not, it's not lifting okay. you up. It's pulling you down. Okay. And right? I'm trying to connect psychology on then science the best I can to the back end of this. Right. Um, wow. All right. Cause I, to preface, you probably already know, I talk about how we have beliefs, the beliefs mm-hmm. shape how we think, how we think shapes what we think, what we think then creates our feeling, our feeling determines our behavior. Right. So, so the word feeling, um, you have feelings and you have emotions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you'll feel the vibe, the vibrations, you'll feel the vibrations. You can't touch it, but you can feel you the vibrations right there. Feel the vibrations. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you can feel the vibrations. Now you have a choice of what you choose to do with it because people get in their feelings. So because they feel a certain way, then the reaction of their feeling is their emotions. Okay. Okay. I can. Well, yeah, the emotion is actually behavior to display that emotion exactly. would be the behavior. So we're still on point. I, I argue that no one can just have a feeling that it's impossible to have a feeling. And people walk in the room and go, oh, I got a feeling this is bad. And I'm like, no, you thought it first, and then you're stating that you have a feeling something's weird about yeah. the situation. So, 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 you're feeling, so a feeling can be an awareness. Okay. So you are aware of this energy. Sure. So that means you become sensitive to this energy, and then you either choose. Which is hard, too, because I, to argue my own shit is I've been around a person, and I don't know what hit me first, the thought that this person's dark or something's wrong with them. I don't know if I had the thought first or I had that, 
where I was like, I don't know. And then I don't know which was first because it happens, you know, so fast, you know, I almost, I mean, I would argue that I had the thought this person was dark first and then I created the feeling and it manifested. But <laughs> Well, you're a soul. The cast of who you are is the beard. That's, the, that's like your physical appearance is only the expression that your brain wants to show who you are. Right. Based on things I've seen in my life, the culture I'm in, what I've absorbed, what I've been through, my environment, right. witnessed, yeah. Your, your, your genetics, your DNA, you know, that's where, that's where the skin, that's where all, that's, that's, where the, that's where the case of who you are is. Now, yeah. inside I the like case that. is your soul. So your soul was able to feel it. Your soul was able to feel something that your physical flesh couldn't feel. Yeah, this is where the science guys are going to jump in and be like, yes, what, what's the soul, right? It's like the unconscious. You know, people talk about the subconscious. Mm -hmm. There's been no scientific evidence to show a subconscious at all, ever. That's because they're so busy trying to catch it on the physical side. Mm -hmm. Remember, physical is anything that can be touched. Now, I've eaten enough psychedelics and mushrooms to tell you <laughs> I've, been in, I've been to another realm. Right. I have spoke with what I believe is God at the moment. Right. I'm telling you, or at least as little people. Yeah. So, so, the, so that's, so, so that's, that goes to the Holy spirit. Yeah. Um, so the whole, I, I don't, I'm telling you, man, I've, I've been on the other side of that, whatever that realm is. I mean, I have, I've taken seven grams of psilocybin at once, which is about two grams more than any even body recommends for a high dose. Okay. Right. I have seen that other side, whatever I can't, but what I can't determine is whether what I, felt like I was immersed in a part of wit seeing, witnessing, being spoken to by, I don't know if that was another realm I was in or a manifestation of my own mind creating something like that. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you, I said the same thing. I, I've probably been on seven grams of mushrooms 10 times in my life, and which is why I think sometimes I differentiate and I walk. <laughs> Some people don't come back. You know what I mean? Right. But I've, I do. I wake up from that 12-hour adventure sometimes longer and I go, God's real religion's bullshit. Yeah. That's the first thing that like hit me every time I come back. I would be like, wow, you know, it's, it's sorry to squirrel us off. But yeah. I'm, I mentioned that for other realms is, as you're talking yeah. about. So, so, so other realms really exist. Um, so your spiritual, so, so your soul, your, your soul, uh, it's like Spider-Man with his spidey senses. Okay. Yeah. Um, so your soul was able to, to, to identify some uh, 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 off vibe or off spirit. Something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, almost like, uh, I know you remember the song, uh, it sort of feels like somebody's, somebody's watching me. Right. I can't paranoid. I can't sleep. I'm in the dope game. Right. Oh, no, so, you're talking about the original. <laughs> the original. <laughs> All right. I'm talking about the remake. But, but what it is, is, is we're not in tune to our spiritual self as much. Mm. So typically what happens is whenever we catch this vibe, then we're like, oh, oh hold on. Now, something just doesn't feel right. They're not comfortable in They're not comfortable in that space. Yeah. But the reality is, is when you had that vibe with somebody, it was your soul telling you to be aware mm -hmm. because that person had a spirit in it that, that would hurt you. Yeah. So it sent, so it transmitted, it transmitted information to your brain to where you can cognitively start to think, wait, I don't know this person. I don't know why I'm getting this bad, this bad vibe from this person, but I, I got a feeling I need to stay away from this person. Yeah. Listen to your gut. Right, 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 and that's what, and and that's what that's what people are like, man. Just, you know, I just it's just right here. I just feel it's just I'm just supposed to do something, and that's what it, that, that's what it boils down to. So yes, um, in all reality, your soul your your soul has a way of giving you warnings too. Yeah. Oh, I, I shoot, I wrote in the book, uh, also my book, where uh, what's the I, I heard myself right, my this own little voice. It knows when I'm not supposed to do something. Right. 
And that voice in me, um, I'm, I know I'm creating myself separate voices. I'm not schizophrenic. <laughs> I know. But I always hear that voice first, quietly, and once, and I don't hear it again. It's, and it's usually right up front. If I'm about to do something I shouldn't, it goes, don't do that. And then I don't hear it again. The rest of it's that other guy on the other shoulder, right? I'm giving you the devil angel. It's like, ah, nobody's watching. Yeah, he deserves it. You know, something like that comes up. But I don't know what that is. I, I, I write in the book about, you know, when you're not going to do any or when you shouldn't do something. What are those two words that it says to you when you're going to do it anyway? Fuck it. I, I, I call it the fuck it philosophy. Right. If you don't have a philosophy, you're probably living the fuck it philosophy. And then I go, if you don't like cursing, it's usually forget it. Right. Right, those two words you hear inside where you're like, fuck it. You know what I mean? And you dive in, you know, I'm, what's that, right? You know what I mean? What's that little voice that, that tells you don't do that shit? Fuck it. Do that shit. You know, what is that back and forth, man? That's crazy. Yeah. So, that, but that's, that's what it boils down to, man. It's, it's just, um, the reason why, the reason why most scientists don't believe in God is because they can't touch him. Sure. You sure. Know, it they, seems they, rational though. Right. 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 It's, it's, that's why, that's why they always tell people, look, the human brain is, is limited. So don't, you know, don't don't lean upon your own understanding. Like you, your your capacity as a human is so limited. Is fucking right. egomaniac. Though. Right. So so if so most most of us most humans most humans they depend they depend on what they can understand to the space to where they imprison themselves solely to what their mind has the capacity to understand. Sure. Um, even in the Matrix, uh, it, it it says it says um, people only make the decision to the capacity. No, um, people only make choices. As far as as far as their mind will allow them to think, something like that. something to understand, yeah, yeah, yeah right. So, so it's kind of we're yeah, kind of talking cognitive dissonance there. As you, far as I can um, yeah. allow it to go right here, right. People can't make choices past past what they don't understand. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, so to me, um, I'm aware that as man, there's a lot of things that I do, and I'd be like, Mike, why did you do that? I don't know. I just, so I'm just, I, I'm just supposed to do it. Yeah, that's the scientific, right? It's like, well, when. When I prove it, when I can see it, and then I can repeat it, right? It's uh, the the scientific method, right? The hypothesis, present it, create an experiment, and then can I repeat it to get those results, and then I can quantify it to be something. Right. I mean, this is our scientific, our, our, our method, if you will, um, which probably is still man-made. So those errors still there, but um, I don't know. For me, it seems so pessimistic. <laughs> it's so <laughs> pessimistic to kind of lean toward that, that uh well, there. I mean, you can't prove there is a guy. You can't prove there isn't. Well, you, you can uh, because now there's people who've been through some miracles. People can go back through the first show I did on here. Uh, I think it was like episode three. Um, now my friend Johnny Rotten and uh, uh, Rosie. I think it's yeah, Rosie Perfetto. Uh, I think I'm saying her name right. It ended up. Uh, we did this whole long hashtag. It was like become a Rosie. Um, but wow, when they talk about their story, the car accident he got into, how she ran from the thing and um, uh, she go back and listen to it, people. But um, anyway, Johnny should have died. OK, he just should have flat died a, a, a semi jackknife and he's doing like 70, 80 and literally just goes onto and it takes the whole top of the car off uh, and it's a fuel truck. So there's fuel everywhere. And Rosie is standing there on the side and the fireman is in there trying to pull Johnny out of the car and he can't. And he can't do it. And Rosie talks about how something spiritual in her took over. Something was just like, you have to go in there. And she runs up there. The fire department guys are trying to pull her back and kick her out of there. And somehow she was stronger than the fireman, grabs him, rips him out of the car, and pulls him back, and the car blows up. 
ridiculous. So she walks through this stuff. Like it was insane. Her husband also somehow survived. Uh, he was one of the the firemen in um, September 11th. He was in one of the buildings, mm-hmm. and um, he had some moment at the time to go to take this other call on a phone. It was weird. It was, they connected it all in the show. It was crazy, man. And they talked about something, some intervention, basically, like something jumped in to save him, like that. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, but it's, it's, it exists, um, you know. Uh, it's oh, just, yeah. My whole point was saying there's people that have been through that that right. would say, yeah, I can tell you God's. Uh, I mean, I've been shot at, and I should have been killed. I should have been hit. I, again, like Samuel Jackson from Pulp Fiction, right? <laughs> he should have been killed. The guy misses, and he turns his whole life around. But that wasn't even enough for me to turn my life around at the time. But for me, when shit like that happens, you know, I've survived three car accidents. I should have been dead. That's when I, I, that's how I know. You know what I mean? I'm like, I've been there, man. You know, I'm just, you think something has to happen to someone like that? Typically, something has to happen to you for you to know where you're coming. Like, you know, um, it, you get, you want to get your warnings. You know, uh, he's, he's going to let you know, you know, look, God is always good at letting you know, look, all right, now this is it. You, you're coming to the end of your rope. Um, God gives everybody grace, right? But, um, but, you know, isn't that what the church says, though? You have to have faith first and then you receive grace? Mm, no, grace was already given. Grace is given to everybody. Because mm. I always like to think the difference is grace punches you in the face and then you can't help but have faith. A, a good example would be mm, a gas tank, right? Mm-hmm. All right. You put I gas. Like when you do these, by the way. So you, you, put gas, you put gas in your car, all right? You uh-huh. fill it all the way up. Yeah. Got all, all right. When, when, you, when you go to the dealership um, and you purchase a car, they get, the common courtesy thing for every car dealer to do is fill up fill your it. first gas tank, mm-hmm. right? As you, go, as you go on your journey in life, that gas tank is going to get low. Sure. A warning sign is going to be when you get that light on. Okay. Yeah. Right? Um, now, that warning sign is going to hit you in so many different ways. You know, it, it may even beep, 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 beep. And and the gas and the and the and the and the uh, e light will come on. It'll let you know you may have fifty miles before your gas tank is empty. Mm-hmm. Some people run that shit all the way down to one, don't they? Right. So some some people just <laughs> rather <laughs> some people just rather rather run out of gas. Yeah. You start counting the miles. You map it to the gas station. Like, oh, it's only three miles away. I can get there. Yes. So so you have to look at gas. You have to look at grace like gas. And depending on how much faith you have. How much money you have? How much? How much spiritual faith is spiritual currency? So how much ever? How much ever spiritual currency you have? That's gonna fill your grace tank back up, mm. aka your gas tank. But if you keep letting it get to that e margin, then you're gonna keep getting these warnings. Like, look, you can ready to run out of grace. It's also terrible for your engine. Yes, metaphorically, both sides. Right. Both sides. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, and and that's that's what that's what happens. Um. So. Every grace has a period. All grace has a period. There's a grace period. the grace period. period for your payment. Exactly. <laughs> See? I was waiting for you to say, you know that's why they call it a grace period, don't you? <laughs> yeah, because run, run out of faith, run out of currency, and, and, and obedience comes by faith. Yeah. So as long as, you understand, as long as you understand how to take care of your engine, how to take care of your soul, how to take care of your car, uh, a.k.a. your body or your life, you know, whatever, however you want to symbolize it, um, that's what it boils down to. Um, you have grace, but then because of grace, you develop more faith. Mm. You know, so it's kind of both hands, one right. hand and the other. Right. So, so, and, and honestly, some people, some people have to be sat on the side of the road. Sometimes some people have to run out of gas before they realize, yeah. um, you know, all right. So obviously I ran out of gas this time. Um, you're walking. 
Right. <laughs> and and life gets tough for a while. Yeah. Until you go back and you fill up that gas tank again until you get enough grace again. Mm. So God always gives you grace. Um, but, you you know, do you have enough faith to keep it? What um, do you do when it gets tough for you? It hasn't really gotten tough for me in a while. No shit. Nothing Not mentally, a- spiritually. I mean, what do, what do you do if it gets tough on any realm, any physically, anything? I mean, what, I mean, what do you tend to do? So, I mean, like right now, I don't, I don't pack on some pounds, man. I, since that rest, since uh, since I was working at that restaurant over the holidays, but yeah, um, so you the hard, still look good, man. So, right. the, the, so the only real stress for me is just getting his weight off. Does it? Yeah. Um, other than that, uh, I'm always reading. So. Let's say over the nine years, right, uh, right. of the of the celibacy that you've gone. What was one of the toughest times when uh, when it got dark, when you didn't believe it was the right thing to do, maybe? Did uh-huh. you ever been to it? Was there something, you know, where maybe you're like, maybe this, maybe this isn't it, you know? Or what do you do when you feel either spiritually attacked, right, or or, or attacked by the people around you? Okay. Um, so so when, when, in those situations, I just go read. Like, really, man, I just get back in the Bible. Uh, the Bible is life's currency. I'm, I'm sorry, the, 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 Bible, the Bible is... is uh... Now, you read a different version of it. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll read In the, the typical life. King James. Yeah, I don't read the King James. Yeah, I, I do the NIV version. Okay. Um. So, so when I read the Bible, it gives me, it, it it gives me, when I read a story in the Bible, it gives me a set of principles to follow. So the principles will tell me what I need to do. Like I'll give you an example. Mm, there was a time to where I used to work at this hotel, and. And uh, I was a I was a I was a valet guy at the time. I remember this um, story. Yeah, and and the uh, I remember and, you calling me, going, you know what? I don't know about this guy, and he said this, and I'm supposed to be at this position. That yeah. one, that's the one. Well, that was the no, no, no. This is another hotel. Oh, okay. Um, this 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 Go was ahead. this was the hotel when I when I when I first started when I first started a valet on the corporate side. Okay. Um, so when I first started valet on the corporate side, um, it, it was only one. I was the only valet guy. And I was running cars. Yeah. But some of the bellmen kept stealing my tips. Now, the old me at the time, yes, I started being selling it, but I was still mentally, I was still in the I was still in the Jacksonville, uh, don't try me or um don't think that is only that 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 I'm limited to dealing with you at work mm. kind of thing. So in my mind, I was like, I'm just gonna meet him at his house, pull a pistol and put a pistol in his mouth and make sure he show up with the rest of my money at work the next day. Mm-hmm. Um seems logical to me. Right, right. <laughs> I kind of so, mean that. That's not sarcasm. I'm so, kind of so, like, yeah. So, so I I got to a space where uh, to where to where God was like, listen, man. Um, I'm supposed to fight your battles. Re- revenge doesn't belong to you. Stop stealing revenge. Revenge belongs to me. Let me deal with them. How do you differentiate between you talking to yourself and God? Because I wasn't logical. How do you know when it's him in quotes? You just know. Um, it's like uh, it's like a higher level of logic would hit you. Mm. Um, ah, and we maybe want to download it like it was ourselves that thought of it, right? Uh-huh. But it's, it's just a higher level of logic. So. That's the best answer for that. I, I've heard, I've asked a lot of people that question, and a lot of them are just like, "You you don't know," or you, you hear because I I've I used to do a little joke about it. I don't anymore. I'm like. So does this voice sound like you? You know, does it does it sound just like you when you're talking? I mean, is it your inside voice uh, talking that you're labeling somebody else or something else? It, sometimes it's not even that. Sometimes you read something mm. and it hits you. Um, but that's you still seeking it though, looking for the answer though. It's kind of leaning towards something you do. Uh, yeah, but when I'm mad, um, yes. you know, you know what? Sometimes, 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 sometimes it'll come through a friend. Sometimes one of my friends will be like, Mike, look. 
Now, you know, bro, I know you're trying to keep your life right. Da, 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 this and this and that, man. Look, this is what you need to do. Mm. And I'm like, okay. And then in my mind, I'm looking like, I'm thinking, this person don't normally talk like this. This person doesn't talk like this. Uh, but, it'll, you know, it'll come from somebody that God know I trust. Mm. Interesting. And because God uses people to get messages out. Mike the message. Hands big Mike the message. Yeah. Right? But I also get messages from you. Um, you may want to check those, man. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, so but I'm going fin- to finish this, and then I'm going to challenge you on that. I'm just right? telling you you may want to check those, man. <laughs> All right. So, Running through a committee or something. <laughs> so, uh, so with that, um, it just, it kind of, you know, um, I learned, I got to a space to where he said, Mike, revenge doesn't belong to you. It belongs to me. Yep. Um, so, um, and then, you know, I was watching T.D. Jake's videos and Miles Monroe videos. So, you know, I was on YouTube a lot. So I was, I'm listening. And uh, in one of T.D. Jake's videos, he said, uh, he said, you know what? He said, God has a big hand. He said, God's hand is bigger than yours, but God's heart is also bigger than yours. He said, so I'm willing to let God deal with me. And if you're willing to let God fight your battles for you, God's hand is bigger than yours. Mm. And in my mind, I, I instantly started thinking, well, the most I can do is probably kill him. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, or put a gun in his mouth for pistol whoop him. That's the most I'm going to do. You know, I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to really kill the guy, but if I have to, I'm going to. But why even put myself in a situation? And he was like, and so, 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 uh, so, you know, it just came to me. A guy was like, look, if you let me handle it, watch what happens. Hmm. Man, it couldn't have been six months. Six months. For, so, so the contract ended. Um, after the contract ended, I was going for like six months. Came back just to visit because it was a good spot. You know, it was a, definitely it was a phenomenal hotel. I enjoyed it. It was on Disney property. Um, I'm not going to say the name of the hotel, but yeah, it was a, it was an amazing hotel. Um, I enjoyed everybody there. And I was like, man, if I'm somebody out here, let me just check on the people. Went back and checked on them. The supervisor was like, Mike, man, you won't believe what happened. And da, 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 da. I said, man, what happened? He said, so he ended up cheating. On, so he was cheating on his wife with his supervisor. His wife came up to put on a clown suit, showed out, showed a complete fool. So he got fired. His wife divorced him. He lost, he lost the kids. Shit. And since he lost his kids and he didn't have a job and she put him on child support, he couldn't, he couldn't pay for the child support because based off what he was making at the hotel, he couldn't find another job to meet to, uh, to, to match that. But they were going off of what he made that year. Shit. So off the past taxes. The child support is fucked. Yeah. So that child support put him right in jail. So. Got fired. All right, he's stealing your money ever. Right. <laughs> so, 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 so yeah. look, so look, got fired, got a divorce, God, lost his kids, went to jail, went to jail. And and I, in my head, I'm none of that would have happened had you pistol whipped him right. or done something right. And in my head, I'm thinking that's hey. shit. And Ouch. in my head, I, that hurts, man. Right. So I'm, I'm only thing I'm thinking is, only thing I could have did was give him a black eye and scared him. Yeah. So, all right. So God, your hand is a lot bigger than mine. Like you can hit them in space. You can hit them on the spiritual realm, mental realm, and physical realm. Only thing, everything. Yeah. Only thing I would have done was probably tapped them, tapped out of fifty dollars out of them, and maybe taken away your shit. Right. You know what I mean? So, so, so from that point, um, that principle taught me when God says revenge doesn't belong to me, it belongs to Him. Then okay, deal. So that's been my principle. So now it was a struggle. So really, you seek competence. You just go out and seek knowledge. Yeah. When you're feeling the dark shit, when you're feeling whatever, maybe a little yeah. weak, whatever the word yeah. may be. Yeah. So, so whenever you feel dark, just open up that Bible and seek light. Mm. And then that light will override the darkness. Well, you mentioned it, it brings, it, it reminds you somewhat of principles and ethics in your life. Yeah. And this is kind of what we're, we started the podcast with, right? It was talking about the country, et cetera, the world living by a set of ethics and principles. Right. If, 
if you're president for the day or the year, however long it takes, I don't care. Pick it, right? I don't like politics. Uh, well, I'm just, I didn't want to say you're God for a day, right? Yeah. Okay. If you could make the changes necessary, right? And wave that wand, right? Mm-hmm. This is, what might be those ethics, those codes? I mean, how do you come up with a set of universal principles and ethics to apply to such a melting pot country? So um, I, I would, everything would base, will be based off of human ethics. Okay. So uh, for instance, uh, a woman shouldn't get paid any less than a man if they're doing the same job. Okay. You know, um, there's Agreed. no reason why Agreed. a female should make less uh, solely because she has a vagina and he has a penis. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, I would agree. I'm, I keep hearing Bill Burr's joke. It's <laughs> like, yeah, you know why they pay us that, they pay us that dollar or two more when we do the job. The reason they do that is because if the ship's going down, it's women and children first. <laughs> women and children first. That's hazard pay, man, because, you know, when that sound bumps in the middle of the night, guess who's got to go check to see who it is? <laughs> and it's like, he does have a knife. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, that's a hazard pay, man. But that's funny. Yes, so it's so that, that, that would definitely be one. Uh, for two, I'll make sure um, – that education that the education of different cultures would play a role um you know making making sure that we become sensitive to different cultures mm. um because uh sometimes we 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 get so offended uh like uh there's a a good example um the chinese mm-hmm. um the chinese if 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 you if you live in the chinese culture they find it offensive to tip somebody yeah so or eye contact as well Exactly. So, yeah. so you know, once you become more sensitive to their culture, then it's a level of respect that's given, mm-hmm. you know, because um, if you don't know how to respect their culture, naturally, they'll look at you like you're just ignorant. Mm. Yeah. So um, so it's, it's, a, it's about making sure that you learn how to show people love according to their culture and according to who they are. Yeah. So um, my, my thing will really be some the foundation of everything would be all principles will be based off love, mm. you know, um, and when it's based off love, it's so creative, but then you'll get a chance to really see the intent of people. Okay. So anytime there's destruction, that's not love. Sure. Yeah. Okay. You know, so, so, so that's what it'll be based off of. So if I had to be president for a day, anytime somebody made any derogatory statement towards somebody or did something uh, that was, that was, uh, that was, that was detrimental to them, they would have to pay that fine times two. Holy shit. I'd be broke. um but i mean but it would you know it would fix so much you know because then people sit back and say "Mm, man uh, that's not out of love and then if you're not doing something out of love then what are you doing it out of yeah my mom always tells me that to lead with love that's her thing to say so because because uh that's when you get into politics um it's it's more about selfish acts it's about it's about people having no tolerance for somebody else's point of view but to love is to understand so if you get a chance to understand that point of view, say, okay, I'm sorry. I didn't see it from that point of view. Yeah. Good luck with that today. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. But I mean, you know, that's, yeah, but yeah. that's, we're going to have to give everyone mushrooms. <laughs> Just everyone should have to eat <laughs> mushrooms once because then you kind of open up to that side, man. Okay. Yeah. I like that one. To, if we could somehow get other people to be okay and humble enough to kind of see the other, the, the other side. I mean, that's what empathy is, right? Or right. to understand the shoes of the other person. That's it. Or at least care about the shoes of the other person. That's what it's about. Yeah. So, well, I know education is your realm too. I'm, I know where you're still going down the ethics part and you, you link the education to that. If you could be superintendent of all schools all over the United States, all at once, whatever you said goes immediately in schools, what do you do? I don't know. Nothing. I, I've created other superintendents. 
Well, I'm just if you get like because I'm, I'm that's a lot, man. That's a lot of pressure. Being a superintendent is a lot. Well, I mean, um, of all schools, right? You're god of all schools in the United States of the of the public educa- education system, right? Okay. So I I argue a lot from a, a psychology standpoint is you know they force all kids to fit in this box, and if the kid doesn't fit fit in this box, then they are thus mentally ill. They have ADD. Right. They're you know whatever. They find ways to then diagnose this kid as some mental issue. And fucking school's boring. I mean, it sucks, yeah. you know what I mean? Unless it's something you really love, right? right. If it's something you want to get into, holy shit, you know? It was, I found that funny. I was a B and C student in high school and kind of early college. And then when I found psychology, those three years of my master's, dude, I made one arguable B, which I would take to my grave as an A. She lied to me. So other than that, <laughs> but for me, when I started performing like that for the first time in my life, I was like, what the, who the hell am I? You know what I mean? 4-0 in my opinion, graduate. So I don't know. As a school's boring, it's kind of this box. What do you do, man? What? How do we fix education today? Because you you use that a lot, right? From the the shitty communities that are really going through it, that have been set up to be a project, right? Right. Education was key in that. I tend to believe. I tend to think lean that way too. Education. So what do you do? All right. So uh, two things. Um, first thing I would do is uh, first protocol of all things would be respect. Mm. So I would build respect first, and respect and respect builds relationships. Uh, once you build a respect and you build a relationships, then that's, that's like, it's, it's nature's principle. Um, alligators would have, they would, they would have a lot of issues in their mouth if they didn't, if, if they didn't have these small birds to go in their mouth and pick away at the loose, at the loose meat in their mouth, because that loose meat is acidic to them still. And it will eat away at their gums and eat away at their teeth. Mm-hmm. Um, but the birds have respect for the alligators and the alligators have respect for the birds. Birds so are the, crazy for doing that shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it, it just it, it just point it just points out the fact that um if nature if, if you see these things that we consider animals to have a level of respect and a different and a relationship for each other, knowing that they need each other to survive, mm-hmm. then that's the first thing I, those are the principles that I will align inside the schools. So if the teachers learn how to respect administration and the administration learn how to respect the teachers, and then they both get along so great that that they learn how to respect the students. Um, and then the students, the students begin to develop, the, 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 the students will develop because of the level of respect that's in that environment. Yeah. Um, I think we was talking earlier about, uh, about plants and trees, right? Um, and how the soil, um, mm-hmm. well, the soil is also considered the environment of the, what, what the kids are in. Sure. And you can produce a healthy environment. If you can cultivate the coach, if you can cultivate the soil, then kids would produce. Yeah. You know, they'll produce better grades. They'll produce a lot of great things. I love how you didn't just go with the kids. You talk to most people nowadays and they go, all these kids today, they're, they're crappy. They're disrespectful. Right. That's, that's they're, where they first go. And the reason why the kids are disrespectful is because they're, they're that soil. So we pour in disrespect into the soil. How do we expect for them not to sprout disrespect? Yeah. But if you pour, if you pour value, if you pour love and so to respect means to value. Um, when, when somebody disrespects you, what you're really saying is you don't value me. Mm, so if I like you, that. So if you begin to value the kids and if you begin to value uh, and, if, and, and if everybody values each other, have this level of respect for each other, then it's going to be so contagious that the kids aren't going to mimic and pick at each other because they're going to know that this person has some form of value. Wow. Yeah, I can see you now being the superintendent of all schools ever, and your first plan is to develop respect. How many people be like, this won't do it? But the way you open that up, I, when you first said I was like, all right, well, how are we going to do that? But then as you kind of bridge that together, I'm like, yeah, man. Like, imagine if the kids were, were I mean, because I, 
I didn't respect a lot of my teachers, you know, right. for a certain very, some of them I could just tell didn't want to be there anyway, right. or they were burnt out. But I did, what I didn't know is administration was burning their asses out mm -hmm. and then they were getting paid shit and they're coming anyway. But I didn't know that as a kid, you know, I'm just thinking, you don't even want to be here anyway. You didn't even like us. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? So I don't like you, but every once in a while I come across that teacher, you know, that, that, that stick with me forever. My, my the teacher I remember forever has been on the show, been on a cognitive rampage. He's about the only professor I really remember. Uh, from Valencia. Oh, um, Dr. Brooks. Yes. Dr. George Brooks. That's right. We, we were connected yeah. somehow through him. Uh -huh. Yeah, I was like, I love this guy, man. And I'm just brilliant. But you come across those teachers once in a while, man, coming up where you're just like, you're, you're, you want to listen. You shut the fuck up. You know what I mean? And you're like, because I think they allow you to not have to shut the fuck up. Right. Now, now remember, uh, teach, teachers are humans too. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Teachers are just adults that are big kids. No, oh, God, for I don't know how they do it. Now, my brother's a teacher. He went back to been teaching 25 years, probably longer. I don't know, forever. The one in Alaska? Uh, yeah, he's back. He's down in uh, uh, Fort Lauderdale, South Fort Lauderdale, okay. down, down there, head football yeah. coach down there for high school and stuff. He, he couldn't help. He back right back in it. Went from Alaska, went to California. He's taught now in Florida, Tennessee, Alaska. <laughs> he's taught everywhere. And um, I, I think even Chicago. I can't remember. But... Um, I don't know how he does it. You know, I don't know how some of these damn teachers do it, man. Like, my hats go off to teachers out there that, that try to hold this shit together. Yeah, but, you know, um, we, we got to, you know, it's, it's about supporting the teachers, too. Um, and that's, that's one of the biggest, that's one of the biggest issues is we got to remember, uh, teachers are humans, too. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, not, they're, not some, they're not some old, they're not some old truck that you can just wear out um, 480 days out of a year and then show and give them no support. Yeah. You know, imagine being in the truck. You don't put any gas in it. You don't change the oil in it. You don't do any of these things. You don't wash it. Um, of course, it's gonna. Of course, they're gonna be beat up and beat down. Like teachers need that support too. Yeah. You know. So so teachers need uh, teachers need the same thing that the kids need. Yeah. Because whatever you give into whatever whatever you give into the teacher is gonna is gonna cascade. Like they're gonna cascade down into the students. Right. That's so logical. Right. right. As we sit here and say, like, you know what? Let's pay the person who's gonna spend more time with my kid. For the next whatever years. Well, they pay them, but I mean, you oh, know, shit. They pay them garbage. Mm, this is now. This is this is where this is where uh, I now, bump heads. Now, mind you, me. summer's I, off, so you you can run your other man, job. Listen, you can do other stuff. You work. You working for 180 days a year. Yeah, and you it's got three, some hell of benefits. It's 365 days in a year, and your benefits are nice. Right, you working for half a year. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying. I'm not gonna sit here and say that you're getting that you're getting that you're not getting paid enough all the way. Yeah. But at the same time, um, if they had to work like a like a normal person work and they only get thirty days off, if you had to work three hundred and thirty five days a year, now the story changed. Yeah, yeah. But if they only have to work one hundred and eighty days and they're making forty two thousand a year, if they work another one hundred and eighty days, they're making eighty four thousand a year. Yeah, you know that's the I think that's the average pay in Chicago to be a teacher. Right, about eighty something. Yeah. Cost of living's higher, but right. So, so I mean, so so down here in Florida, I mean, sure, it's, it's not too bad. Yes, yeah, it's, it's not too bad. So it's not it's not a money factor. Mm. Uh, it's it's more of a support. Well, that's factor. true because it, uh, even with some jobs, just because you they make a shitload of money, but the stress factor is shit. Right. You know what I mean? Like you're you're on an airplane half of the year. You know, what I mean, so that that kind of yeah, I don't know, equal itself out. Yeah. So so I mean, we can we, you know, um, money doesn't like I'll give you another one. Money doesn't solve poverty. Yeah. Okay. There's been some a little bit of research, um, you know how uh, I forget the NPR show. Um, yeah, they were they did this experiment to where you know they go to a third world country and they build a church or a school or something like that, 
and they go down there, yeah, we're building a building for them or this all kind of stuff. And it ends up being worse for the people in that, in that uh, civilization or village, whatever it is, because then the powerful seem to suck up the money. Then they use the building eventually for some corrupt bullshit and it, it gets bad. Some things actually turn bad. Then they did this experiment where they actually went down there and just gave the people in the village money, just gave them money to spend. And they end up living the economy. Some people start businesses, try to get it actually seemed to do better than, say, some habitat school building thing, you know, that's a tax write off generally for some other nonprofit. But I won't get into that. But they were showing that sometimes just giving them money in some sense, actually, well, at least it was better than what they were doing. Right. Um, but but I, I, the one of the true currencies is information. That's yeah. another currency. So, 100%. um, if you have information, if you develop a skill set, you can always get money. Yeah. You know, so so for me, um, obviously, mine is a gift of gab. Um, me talking always gets me gigs. Yeah. Um, the gift of gab. Like, and, and honestly, my gift of gab is I know how to I know how to present information into a format to where I structure it to where um, when I release the information, it's easy for people to absorb. It's, it's easy for them to retain the information. Yeah because I just structure information. So I'm in the information industry. So you're saying education, information, that's how you eliminate poverty. That's how you eliminate it. Yeah. Because imagine if you taught everybody financial literacy. Holy shit. Now, if you taught everybody financial literacy, it's, 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 you know, most people still going to do well, but you have people who know, like, it's almost like, uh, like in the fitness realm, people know what to eat. People know what not to eat. They know, like they know the principles, they know what they need to do, but they're just not going to do it. So you're not going to ever really distinguish poverty. But however, you can lower, you, you can, you know, you can, you can eliminate a lot of poverty by giving people the information. And once they understand it and they know what to do with it, then they can always pull themselves out of, out of the traps that they're in. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there are still, there's still people out here who, who make over a million dollars a year and still, but and they're still, spending three. Right. Yeah. So they're still in poverty. Yeah. House you is know. just bigger. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, they, they, uh, they, they, they still struggling. Yeah. They'll ask somebody who makes $60,000 a year. Hey man, can I, let, let me borrow $200 till, till tomorrow. But I mean, you make millions. They, they still in, mentally, they still in poverty. Yeah. You know? Um, so that's, that's what it's really about for me. So to me, it's about information. If I give you the proper information, whatever you do with that information and that's on you. Cause I've taught you how to fish. You know how to fish. You just refuse to put, you just refuse to, uh, to, to put something on the, on the line and, and go find worms and put it in the water put and, and get your own fish. Yeah. Put the work in. Right. So that's the thing. People just, you know, you're going to always find lazy people. You, you can't, there's no cure for laziness. Yeah. You just got to yeah. let them starve. Uh, run out of gas, right? You know, side of the road. So with the education system, so you're talking about respect throughout support mm-hmm. for the teachers mm-hmm. uh, and the administrative alike, right. uh, building respect for that. And I think you were starting to get into something else about relationships. It was relationships, but you're t- talking about how you can't just throw money at poverty. Oh yeah. Of- uh, yeah. So, so um, throwing money at poverty does nothing. Um, they, they've shown the war on poverty, how much money America has spent on a war on poverty. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's astronomical numbers, but it's as bad as the war on drugs. Right. So it's, it's because you're throwing, it's because you're throwing. Why do we have to have a war on fucking everything? You know what I mean? Why can't it be like the, the, the love for poverty or get out of poverty? Something's got to, we got to go to war against poverty. got to go war against drugs. We got to war against uh, that's, that's, terrorism. We got a war, which is so vague too, right? We have these wars. On, man, we're violent. Well, well, that's because the words mean something. Uh, the words mean that it, it, give, it gives you a sense of urgency and then it, it makes you, it gives you a sense of aggression. Mm. Um, so, so that, that's always their goal. Their goal is always throw a sense of aggression out there. Sure. Um, and with war, you are always going to have the word fear. 
Yeah. You know, so so when they so that's their way of that's their way of trying to fight it. But in all reality, uh, most things that we fight, uh, it's it's not it's not a uh, it's not gonna be it's not gonna be won with guns, yeah. um, and it's not gonna be won with money. Yeah. It's gonna be won with the things that are not tangible. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be won with understanding. You know, you can't put understanding in a bag and put it on everybody's doorstep. Yeah, no. You know, you can't put love in a bag and put it on everybody's doorstep. Um, right. I don't give. I don't like. You know, people, economists can't explain that. Right. <laughs> right. You know, so it's it's there's a there's a psychological aspect to it. Like you're only going to be to the level of your mentality. Mm. If you give uh, we we've seen we've seen people who win the lotto. Um, you give a poor man, you give a poor man uh, 10 million dollars. And you know what he's going to end with in three years? Be fucked. He's going to be minus two million dollars. They have debt that he didn't have prior to winning the lottery. Ex- exactly. Because. Because his mind, his mind didn't uh, didn't elevate to the level of his bank account. Wasn't ready for it. So his bank account made overcorrected itself mm-hmm. and put itself back in poverty to where his mind is at. Yeah. So until you change the mind of people, you're gonna always find poverty. Yeah. So until you until you find until until you can can build that connection with somebody and teach them and pour into them the principles needed to survive and for success and the level of discipline and helping them understand credit and what you should spend your money on versus what you shouldn't spend your money on or what budget is all about. Then they'll always, they'll always find themselves in that, in that, in that situation because your principles are going to develop your structure. Mm. So without no structure, you can't build, you know, without no found, like uh, your principle is your foundations mm-hmm. is your foundation, right? Then from there, you're going to have diff- you're going to have rules, which are going to develop your structure and your limits. Yeah. And then from that, you can just continue to build because the more information you have, then it's going it's only going to emphasize on your structure. Yeah, I remember reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad mm-hmm. too late in my life. At least I read it. I was like, this should be required reading in high school. Like this book itself should be required reading instead of some crap ass economics class they forced me to take, you know, which even that is shit. You know what I mean? Just like those real life classes about what that really means. It's like they almost purposefully keep that shit out. You know what I mean? I, I mean, I went made a terrible mistake at like it's 18. And then I turned 18, went and financed a new car as a Mitsubishi Galant. I got taken, boy. And them Galants were nice, man. Back then. But I got, nice. I got taken. I mean, I, I remember driving back to, well, I'll leave the dealership out. I think they're closed anyway. I went back to the dealership. I'm like, hey, man, you guys fucked me. I was like, dude, I'm this and this and nothing. They were like, you signed it. That, that's it. And I, I was like, shit, why didn't anybody tell me? You know, I'm like, God, I was, I was like, credit? How much do I have? <laughs> how much can I get? You know what I mean? I had no idea, man. I mean, there's part of that I think is also needs to be restructured in education is what we teach. It's like we're, we're, we're teaching, I don't know, just stuff that just doesn't seem relevant to a point, much less life classes, you right. know, itself, uh, teaching people how to be kind, maybe, you know, even that, uh, what finance really is. I mean, actual life classes, because I don't know, it seems it, to be missing. It, it, should, it should be a high school requirement. Yeah, it should be it should be an eleventh grade, twelfth grade course. Yeah, yeah. you know, uh, it, and it should be like right out of algebra. Yeah, because people are like, why you use algebra? You'll find out next year when you take finance. Yeah, at least walk into basic finance. I mean, I think you know what? Since the 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 kid who starts baseball, golf, martial arts at four winds up being the best the world's ever seen. Mm-hmm. If we just slowly did finance or, you know, life finance, you know, from whatever, six years old and a little bit and a little bit, you know, adding to that math class all along the way, you know, to where you kind of get what a, what the bill means, <laughs> what credit means, mm-hmm. how you build that along the way. Imagine what kind of financial experts, you know, these high school graduates could be. It would be amazing. 
You know what I mean? We would probably we would then become the weird, the richest the richest country again because then from that space they'll understand how to handle other countries' currency. Yeah, because yeah. because you know the real the real money is when you begin to go international. Yeah, because the United States is limited. Oh yeah. So once you start getting into the forex currency, now I don't I don't really I don't really do forex exchange because that's you know it's too much for me. Yeah, you gotta um, be good at what you're doing. You yeah. lose your ass. <laughs> it's it's an all day thing. Like it's you yeah. know you got four hours you got four hours during the time that that uh. But before before Japan and China go to sleep, then you have four hours yeah, when they wake me. up again. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, not doing it. Yeah. So so that's so that's that's you know that's really when they that's when that's when their market exchange opens where you can start making those trades. Yeah. Um. So for me, I'm like, look, man, it's it's not worth it. I rather just keep, uh, I rather just keep developing my skill set, and the higher my skill set, I'll just charge more. Yeah. So sure. why not? Why not just start charging more because my skill set is high enough and companies pay for it. Yeah, I think there's a there's a trade off, right? So how much you want to make versus how much work you put in. I there's seen a huge turn back too nowadays to the trade world, to teaching kids a trade through uh, trade schools or something. I think there's a couple experts out there saying uh, this needs to be the way of the future of education is is back to the trades, back to the tech schools, teaching those things that they get to choose. I remember when I was in high school that if you went to the trade part of the school, you were a bad kid. Yeah. They either didn't want you in our in the regular schools. They'd send you over to Westside Votech over there, and you had to go learn how to be a mechanic or something like that. But you're seeing that transfer, and a lot of experts are saying, "Look, forget the college education because the cost of it is outrageous, right. uh, versus the benefit from the end." Uh, but go learn a trade; you can do something like that. Um, and with a lot of that rhetoric, though, that gets talked about, there's two things come to mind. There's a lot of rhetoric that talk about the college education, but here's the tr- the truth is the person with the college education still makes more money than the person without. That's just, just factual on overtime, overtime it, uh, on a based average median. That's still true. Right now. And I'm say you're going to necessarily be a millionaire, et cetera. Well, they, they may make more, but they, they, their student loans will level it back out. Right. If you over time, right. <laughs> right. But they're talking over time. Right. So, uh, and then, you know, how people talk about, it, it's good to be, you know, poor, come up rough, you know, because you'll hear like a self-made, actually, I don't think anyone's self-made, but you'll hear, you know, some self-made in quotes, millionaire person talking about, Hey, you know, we didn't have much as a kid. I didn't have anything. So because I went through all that, having anything, you know, I was, I, I wanted to get out there and earn it. You know, and then I always want to go, well, I bet you're making your kid have it tough then, aren't you? <laughs> like, well, no, <laughs> I bought him fucking everything. I'm like, well, damn. And so there's some of the research still showing, though, that if you, if you said <laughs> that, I'm squirreling. No, but uh, if you're from a rich family. Right. You typically wind up richer than the person that's not from a rich family. And that's why you, some people are like, how's this person got millions or a moron? You know what I mean? And somebody else doesn't. Those are some of the things. I don't even know where I'm going with this shit. But some of those two cliches that, oh. that still. Hi, <laughs> Gracie. Those are those two. You know, the last topic, man, before we shut it down, bro. I've been I've been watching politics a little more. Um, and there's a guy that I've been interested in, too, for the first time. It actually kind of brings me back uh, to interest of, of politics. Um, I, I know it and follow it a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. uh, enough to, to get me in trouble talking about it. But uh, there's a guy running for president called named Andrew Yang is running and he's got a he's got a platform um, that graces underneath the table. Y'all. <laughs> you, her windshield wiper pit bull tail. You hear it? Gracie, go lay down. We're busy right now. We're wrapping up, though. I know, puppy. Um, he's running on. He's got a, lo- a lot to his platform, but the main function of his platform is running on his universal basic income. And this is something I used to 
kind of be on the fence about, right? And I've heard more and more about universal basic income as, as jobs continue to get automated. You know, um, mainly that's kind of the, 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 the front he's talking about, as jobs get automated and move that way, uh, that we're going to have to, right? That we're going to have to find a way to do it. And essentially what universal basic income is doing on his end is giving every person in America $1,000 a month. That that just goes to them, that they just get that, and uh, no, it's not enough to you, it's not enough to keep you at home doing nothing unless you're staying at mama's house, right? It's not enough to make you stop working generally, but maybe enough to where somebody can follow what their passion is and make enough money to be doing what they love to be happier over time, or enough to take the edge and stress off out of American families that are you know working overtime that that robbing Peter to pay Paul, lose one bill to pay another. You know, and, and at least it would, it would, and he has ways. I'm not even trying to get into right. politics of how he pays for it and there's structures the way he's, he's averaged it out. It's pretty, it's pretty intense. You can listen to a podcast, by the way, if anyone's listening to this on Andrew Yang on Joe Rogan. Okay. He really lays out financially how that would work. And I'm, I wonder, and I, it came to my mind because we talked about you can't pay away poverty. Right. And then I thought about, though, you know, my own life, right? If you just took my, my life here or Patricia there and you threw 2000 extra dollars into our monthly income, I would, I'd be like, holy shit. You know, I could probably work a less over there and focus on talking in schools like I like to do or try to do this to help somebody out a little more. Hell, I may donate some of that to somebody or, or, or a nonprofit that needs that. And I, I don't know, what are your thoughts on the idea of universal basic income? I don't think it'll help. Um, I think, I, think, I think life gives you a bunch of tests. So whatever you don't have, it, it's an indication of what you need to work on getting more of. Because hmm. um, he, he talks about it sparked the economy, right? Everybody's got a little extra money. You're going to buy some more stuff. You know, you're going to spend some more over here. Right, but, but think about how many people already make a lot of money and they still live beneath them they still leave live above their means yeah so you're saying give them an extra g it just means they do more bad financial planning like they've been doing exactly like whatever you're going to manage if you can't manage it it doesn't matter how much you get it's just going to be more of what they can't manage ah good point that's a good argument so so to me that's how i see it because i mean you know uh you're going to have years where you'll make a hundred thousand a year and you'll have years where you make thirty five thousand because if you're already not managing your budget as you have it in place and it's hard to pay that power bill or this bill, then maybe it should be a smaller house. Maybe it should be this. But if you give the extra thousand, you're going to get a probably bigger house than you got now. Mm-hmm. And you're going to make this uh, same okay. thing you was talking about at the beginning when it was about all these houses and they lift their garage doors open and they have to park their cars outside of the garage. More shit. Because it's just more stuff. Yeah. So at the end of the day, humanistics has taught me is that a word? Humanistics? I don't know. I'm going to make it one. Yeah, I should coin it. That's what we do. All right. Yeah. So, so, that's all right. So I have a word that no one's used yet, but I keep saying it. The word is GU. And what GU stands for, you ever been talking to somebody, you go, look, and then you go down to the store. Well, not you, but you're trying to reference that you're not talking to them when you <laughs> use the word you. Right. So I said, well, and then GU goes down to the store and it's for the general you. Yeah. So if I'm talking to that, I don't have to explain how I'm not talking about you, Mike. I'm, I'm well, well, then you go, you went down to the store Tuesday. Like I didn't go to the store. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking metaphorically. So all right. I got to do is say, then G, you go down to the store. Yes. Yeah, so, so it's, so yeah, that's a word now. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. So, so, so humanistics, humanistics will show you that, uh, that people are going to always, like, and I mean, just in general, um, but, but people have a tendency, yeah. humanistic theory and psychology. There we go. So humanistics is work. All right. So, yeah. So, so humanistics will teach you that people have a habit of just of, of always uh, shooting further than what they can manage or maintain. 
and then in the process, mm-hmm. when it becomes too much of a burden, then they'll complain about it as if they've as if they're the victim of something. Sure. But the reality is, is they never really added up the cost of their choice. So now they have to serve their choices. You're always speaking that I open up Pandora's box. You say that shit, and I'm like, oh man, like somebody having a kid that shouldn't be having a kid. Yeah. People yeah. people making decisions and they're not in position to do so. Yeah. That's where how a lot do, of poverty come from. But how do you stop them from fucking, man? You just kind of don't. Yeah. You can't. <laughs> you you, can, gotta, you right? gotta you gotta let them deal with it. Um yeah. and honestly, that was that was another that was another reason why I knew I needed to become celibate too, was because I was like, look, I can't afford me and a family. Mm. And then even when I'm financially secure enough to where I can afford a, a family financially, then I still won't be able to, I, I got to create a balance where I can afford my, that family as far as time. Because now I got to pour life currency, AKA time into them and be able to spend time with my wife and then spend individual time with each one of my kids when I have them or my wife when I have them and still have time to maintain the household. Like, you know, uh, just, just the exterior parts of the house, like more in the yard, uh, cleaning the shutters, uh, yeah, pain like all that, you know. So you still you still have to put all those things into effect, but in all, but in 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 yeah. building that relationship and being able to sustain them relationships is going to be tough. Yeah. Um, in the restaurant industry, most people, most management in the restaurant industry, they they've probably been divorced once or twice. Yeah, the hours are ridiculous. Yeah, because they don't have the like they have the financial they have the financial support for the family, but they don't have they they can't pour they can't pour their life currency into their family. You get the same way with top uh, executives, salesmen, shit like that, that are on their plane in the plane, you know, twice a week, half the year, if not three fourths of the year, gone twenty four seven. You know that that they're not there for right. the, for the kids at all. But hey, look at this big house. The currency becomes the 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 private school, the the wonderful camps they get to go to, the great cars they're driving. Look, I have performed. You never see me, but hey, right. look at all this shit you got that I never had. Right, and and nothing compensates for for a father being home. Or for a husband being at home, nothing. Yeah. Or for a mother being at home, or for a wife being at home, nothing. Comp- money can't compensate that. And, and the single mother can't be the husband, and the single father can't be the mother. Right. I mean, yeah, I think so many single mothers and single fathers they wear that stress, on uh, with, with not needing to. They wear this stress, thinking a they can. I have to make up for the fact the father's not here. I got to make up for the fact that his mom's not here, or vice versa, right? And and they wear that burden, and you can't. You you can't be both. Right, you can't. You got to act like it sometimes, I guess, but you can't. You just got to be who you are. Yeah, you can only do with, you know, what you are doing. Be who you are, and then that's what coaches are for. You know, you got, you got coaches. Um, uh, you know, uh, you, got, you, got, you have to bring other figures in. The unsung hero of me, man. The, those coaches that coach Little League and, and Pop Warner and things like that, YMCA coaches, a lot of these the, these uh, guys and girls alike, they're such unsung heroes, man. Those Some of those coaches I certainly remember more than many of my teachers. Yeah. So, so I mean, same with me. Uh, I had my coach Jennings. Uh, that was the guy that kept me from doing a lot of stuff because he kept the gym open. Uh, he kept the weight room. He kept the weight room open yeah. um, after school because, man, if he didn't, man, listen. Oh, I've been, I've been. You, you, uh, you ever hear that thing that they did the YMCA? It was called Midnight Basketball. Yeah. Um, so Midnight Basketball is something that started in Daytona. Mm-hmm. So Daytona coined it. Mm-hmm. Um, but they still have it. But they, they, have, they have a version of it in Orlando. You know who did that? Um, the version, the one who did the version of it? No, oh, um, I know um, him very well. Vince Carter dad. No. Vince Carter dad Before that. Stuff? My brother. My brother. Oh, he did? Out in the west side. 
at the West Orange YMCA. He oh, brought that nice. down there. He was yeah, dude. He was such a hardcore teacher, man. He would go teach all day, drive. He and he ended up teaching at Silver Star Center for a long time. Okay. And then he'd go open that up. He'd sleep at the gym at the YMCA with a fold out cot just to be able to be there. And this probably he blames himself. I would get in the truck with him to go play midnight basketball. We run through Center Street, Ninth Street down in Winter Garden. Mm-hmm. Right, we pick everybody up, then we go hang out and play basketball till two, three o'clock in the morning. He'd take everybody home. I mean, he put love into them kids, man. And so whether he uh, the Daytona, I didn't know, but I, he started that. When I was young, man. I was like six. You know, oh. I mean, actually, he's eight years older, so he'd already graduated. So I was probably like nine. Okay. You know, and he was teaching for a long time. But, man, I, 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 I remind his ass of this a lot. And, Davey, if you're watching this, man, love you. He, um, he got beat up by administration later on in the years. And they lost a good teacher for a while because he chose business instead. You know, but he just missed taking care of the kids so much. You know, they, he came back to it. But I'm, he'd probably be pissed I'm putting some of his story out there. But um, uh, I got all emotional. <laughs> so, Still to this day, sometimes I'll see kids, they were older than me. And I had my brother once in a while as a teacher. I actually had him once when I was in school suspension. <laughs> teacher. But there were kids that was like, hey, tell Coach Lowry. I said, hey, man, and thanks a lot for this, that, and the other. You know, and I'll call him up sometimes. Like, hey, man, you remember such and such? He's like, yeah. What's he up to? He said, tell me, tell you, hi, man, and thanks for everything you did. And that's 20 years, you know, later. And he, he reached so many of those kids. And uh, I don't know how I got there, but that midnight battle, stuff like that, that these teachers and these coaches that, that affected your life, as you were yeah. saying, and mine, they're such unsung heroes, man. Yeah, man, they, because, uh, man, look, I'm an extremist. No, the nine years of celibacy didn't tell me that at all. I'll tell you what, <laughs> imagine why I would have been involved in the other direction. Okay, touche, yeah, yeah okay, yeah, yeah, all right, yeah. Because <laughs> I could, when I commit, I commit. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm all the way committed. I see uh, that. So, I'm gonna get emails going. It's Mike Single. Give me his number. I'm gonna get this. This whole <laughs> people gonna be reaching just, out. Just tell them to Facebook friend me, man. That's the most most I can do. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> tell, tell them, tell them, find me on. on tell them. I'm, well, you're tagged there. So everybody, yeah. yeah, just go to Big Mike the Messenger. On yeah, Facebook. that's it. Just tell them to tag me if they got any questions. Feel free to ask. But yeah, you know, as of this moment, I'm single, but I'm not really looking. I still got some more work I got to do on me, man. What's the work? Um, at at this space, you know, um. I feel like I'm almost where I need to be. Um, spiritually, I feel like I'm sound. Mentally, I'm definitely sound. Um, but when it come down to to the balance in my time out, you know, um, I don't. You remember we was talking about um, happiness mm-hmm. and how you have to have enough happiness to where you have you have such an abundance of it that you have it to share. Yeah. When it comes to time, I don't have that time to share yet. Gotcha. So once I get that time to share, then I'll be fine. So once I get that time to share and the money to back it up, then I'm fine. Nothing, I'll be ready. Man, make me wish every kid in America <laughs> grew up thinking <laughs> the same way, man, and I did too, man. It, it, uh, I wonder, man. I, uh, I always love talking to you, bro. Yeah, man, it's always a pleasure, man. It's been, been two years, man. Well, it's been two hours. Oh, we've been talking for two hours. Yeah, it's good <laughs> it's been, talk. It's been, well, over two hours. We're oh. beyond two hours. Well, that works. Yeah. It's almost like our first but our first podcast we were three hours. Was it yeah, it was a long one. It was a long time. And then you've been back I think each one of them's pretty damn long, man. But yeah. dude, anytime, dog. I love doing this, man. Yes, sir. Definitely, man. Look, y'all, y'all check in with Cognitive Rampage. Um, pretty cool guy, pretty fly guy. Um, I'm gonna try to bring Marcus up here with the melanin code. So, you know, he's the producer of the melanin code. Yeah. So let's get I, him on. If I can, I'm gonna try to get him we'll over. Set here. the other mic up right here. We'll I just have... want y'all two to talk, man. Um no. 
we're all three of us got to talk. If you bring him on, you got to talk with us because it's it's it'd be fun. Because uh, I'm I'm you know the more the merry. All right, fair enough. The more the merry. We we we'll get three mics in here. I'll I'll do well, there's it. There's four anytime, so we can go up to three people on the podcast. We can probably get his wife in here. All right, Marifa too. So, yeah, yeah. Because look, man, you know, um, Marcus. This, so he went to full sale. Um, so yeah. when he went to Almost full sale, that. um, him and Marifa were together for for a long time. So um, while he was in school, she was showing support. So this this is like one of this this is like one of the black women who I can't say didn't like uh can't, oh, yeah. don't yeah, show yeah, support. Yeah. Right. So right. but but the thing we're not is, preferencing what you said out on the porch. You just telling me man. right. <laughs> oh, I didn't I didn't say we didn't get into that topic on here, did we? No. Okay. Yeah. We we kind of going over too long. We have to say that one for another podcast. Yeah. Uh, but it'll definitely be part of the melanin code because we got to have a code of ethics for people on the personal level too, um, for how wives should support their husband. Um, because it's critical, especially if your especially if your husband is an entrepreneur and he jumps out here in the market, he's gonna need all the support he can get. Mm. And when he comes home, he's gonna want to have that that place of peace and support. Can you divorce them if they're not that? No. Why? It's not enough. Why? What if they hate you for it? It's still not enough. What if they hate you for that support or, or for doing what you're doing that's anti what they think you should do? Well, I mean, you know, that's that's. Next podcast. Uh, next podcast. <laughs> next podcast. We'll jump into that shit, man. Because yeah, um, I, that's cool, man. Where tell everybody where they can find you, Instagram or whatever. Right, so um, on Instagram, I'm Big Mike the Messenger. On Facebook, I'm Big Mike the Messenger. Um, if in you person, just, you're Big Mike the Messenger. Yes, in, in person, I'm Big Mike the Messenger. Uh, I have a YouTube account set up on the Big Mike the Messenger. Um, I don't really put too many videos up because uh, it's a lot of material that I really want to hold on to um, because the, whatever I put out there, you know, I. I'm not going to wait till it's polished. Right. Well, no, I, I pushed you for years to do a podcast and start some shit on your own. You're like, I ain't ready yet. It right. ain't ready yet. It's not it's, ready yet. Yeah, it's content, man. It's content. Maybe nine years from now, you just do like, I ain't ready yet. It, it's going to happen sooner. It's going to happen sooner than we think too, man. Uh, and the reason why I say that is because I'm getting to a space now to where I, I, I know my content is, uh, you know, you just have to wait for the season. At the end of the day, um, you don't plant an apple seed during the summer. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a season to plant the apple seed. You you plant the apple seed um right after winter during the spring, so that way it can get real nourished and and the tree can kind of start and then it'll go through its first season and then when winter hit, it'll grow deeper for the next season, it'll become all it'll start producing. Sounds so, like the name of your podcast, the apple tree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the so the point is um, No, you're in the you're a, in the uh blueberries. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. So 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 for me it's it's uh it's no it's knowing it's knowing that there's a season to plant. You can hold on to seeds all year, but there's a season to plant, and then there's a season to harvest. You just got to make sure you plant when it's your season to plant. I'm starting to hear the bird song to everything turn, turn. Yeah, all right. I won't sing the rest of it. I'm terrible at that. But, man, look him up, man. Check him out again. Thanks for coming on, man, as always, Oh, yeah, too. definitely, bro. It's always a pleasure. How you doing? Yes, sir.